You are listening to an awful lot of running, a Doctor Who podcast. An awful lot of running, outside the review of death, beyond who knew. Tracking down Doctor Who fans on planet Earth, and arming the human race against us. The 21st century is when everything changes, and you've got to be ready. And welcome to an awful lot of running, a Doctor Who podcast. Woo! Well, we talk. Well, we talk about everything Doctor Who here. We talk about. We've done a lot of Doctor Who stuff. We've barely really touched the spin-offs, which is what we'll be going into today. Mm. I am Jack, one of you part of the hosting team. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm getting too excited there. No, oh, it's a, do you know what? It's been a while since we've done one of these, so I completely understand. It's absolutely fine. I am Jack. Joining me, as always, the Reese Williams to my Gwen Cooper. Oh, <laughs> thanks. So I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's only published author Robin Fowl. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's been a while since we've done one of these props. Uh, it's really funny because the last pod we did, we were like, you know, we're we're, we're back. We had a, we had a bit of a burnout, and we're back. And that was back in March. <laughs> now oh we're in God. June. It so. has literally been one thing after another with both of us. It's been, hey, you ready for tonight? Oh, sorry, mate, I've been ill. And then the next week, the opposite of us will be ill. Or it would just be life going on. And it's just like, bloody hell, just everything yeah. piling on. on piling life on. just life just got in the way a lot, didn't it? But I'm so excited to be back. And I'm so excited for us to be up in our output. It's absolutely what we're planning to do here as well. And we're starting things off with a good old-fashioned retrospective. Mm, we, yes. did, we did series one and series two, like, ages ago. Of Series one and series two of New Who ages ago. But we're we're delving into a very different world entirely. Robin, we're on BBC Three, mm. baby. What BBC Three? God, I remember tuning into that channel just for this show. I mean, I, if we're talking Torchwood people, and longtime yeah. listeners will will know Robin's uh, sordid history of Torchwood. <laughs> when I say so, I say sordid. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, and the particular part of the episode, you've actually, when it first went out, watched about 12 minutes of the... I, I got about 12 episode. minutes that's in. That, yeah, 12 that minutes in. Right. <laughs> so, so, so paint me a picture. It's 2000... And, I want to say it's 2006 when Torchwood oh, comes out, isn't on. it? Yes, Wait. October October the twenty second of two thousand two thousand and six. Wow, six. wow, that is that is crazy. Obviously, you know, uh, executive producers Austin Davis and Judy Garnham, uh, 
came to us with a and I, I think they obviously went into series one of Doctor Who being like, yeah, that's just spin-offs. And hey, it looks like that could be happening again, which oh, we'll, we'll talk I, about another time. But Yes, 100%. And dude, we, we have to paint the picture here. Doctor Who came back on the air after the longest hiatus. And not only was it really damn good, but it exploded in popularity it was like it was event television in a way that i certainly never experienced event television in that sort of way no i i can't think of anything off the top of my head because like they made it a mission to like get the daleks to be like intimidating and cool again and get them out of this like limelight which was oh they're just dustbins you know they're, they're not intimidating which is a stigma which was really affecting the series for so long um, yeah exactly and what's great as well is that you know you had doctor who which is it, it, let's face it you know anyway you look at it it's it's saturday or sunday seven o'clock you know after tea time that's what it is in the new era but it, it's a family show isn't it it's supposed yeah. to be for all ages so when they said but oh by the way Captain Jack, who appeared in series one of, of Doctor Who, is going into this spin-off series called Torchwood. And obviously, Torchwood was something which we had seeded all through series two of Doctor Who mm-hmm. because it went into it. And it's do you know the actual history of the word Torchwood, uh, Robin? Um, as as opposed to it's like its first introduction in terms of the house. Oh, of I, I, mean, I, well, I don't, I don't, I don't actually mean because obviously I know you're well versed in series two of New Who, but I'm actually rewatching it at the moment, and it is oh. good stuff. It is yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, uh, but yes. So, okay, no, but I mean the actual word Torchwood. No, no, I'm not actually. So it's it's actually. If I, I'd love to take the time now to have you write that word down and look at it, but. <laughs> it's an anagram of Doctor Who, Robin. Oh shit! Are you joking me? No. And when, when, obviously, when, when, when Doctor Who series one of New Who was being filmed, it was all a buzz, and they were sending tapes out for reviews and stuff like that. And obviously, they didn't want it to leak, so they put the name on it as Torchwood, so that people were like, "Oh, that's not Doctor Who." Oh. So that's oh, where it shit. came from. And obviously, in series one of Doctor Who, we have Bad Wolf being put in and put through. Mm. And then obviously, series two, Torchwood is the thing that comes, you know, is that. And I love, we, we, we had that through line, which was great there. And what I really love about this as well is that we get Torchwood in the end of series two. And the Torchwood we see in this show mm. is so wildly different. So <laughs> you could say that as we go in depth with each episode. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to do that. We're going to go to each episode. We're going to rate them and what have you. We're going to talk about them as well. But just it, it, it's it's so funny because it is completely. It is an adult. Show. I say yeah, it's not an adult show. It's not adult. There are more adult themes within it. It's hmm. an edgy. Team oh, show is what it edgy. is. It is incredibly it, edgy. And it, it is so perfectly encompasses that late noughties sort of period of TV. Oh my you know? god, it really does. And, and for anyone being like, oh, hang on, no, Dolch was not edgy. Um, 
episode two. <laughs> like <laughs> episode two alone. Is oh just yeah, like, day one. Oh, uh, we're gonna get to day one. Mm. Oh, I mean, there's so much you can just. There's, and we'll we'll do that. We'll pick all that apart. But speaking as a viewer at the time, yes, who yes. was. I'm trying to think now. So it came out in 2006. So I was 15 when yeah. when that. And I'm not going to think too much about that because that hurts. And yeah, I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like <laughs> the Matt, I feel like the Matt Damon gif at the end of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. um, and spoilers for Saving Private Ryan. Man, if anyone hasn't seen that, but <laughs> oh, spoilers I feel, I feel for like a movie that's like. 20 plus years old like come I on. mean we're, 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 we're talking about a show here now that's going to be all, which is almost 20 years old as well so so spoilers yeah yeah okay but yeah no uh, so I was peak age when this came out I was that it I wasn't I was never an edgy teen I, mean, I think no. people that know me you, you <laughs> Robert, were never Robert, edgy straight away. no no <laughs> no I wasn't uh, I wasn't playing Eminescence and uh, my chemical no. romance in my room uh <laughs> not that age at least but still yeah no it was uh it was so i was peak age and i i was really all about it because obviously i'd just been thrown into this universe i was learning more and more about it so for them to be like oh okay you like doctor who his stories within that same universe but they swear and the sex and they Mm -hmm. there's blood it's like i was like oh okay and i really enjoyed series one of torchwood and series two of it and what i think was great as well was that even though it was his own show, it, I mean, the, we'll get to it, mm-hmm. but it still felt connected. It still felt like, oh, I could go from series two of Doctor Who into this and then go into series three of Doctor Who. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Mm. And I, I'm really feeling that as well now, now that I've, you know, I've done my big binge watch of Torchwood season one, but now that I'm, going back and I'm re-watching season two, I'm definitely seeing a lot more of those connections and seeing how you could dip in between. And it's it's nice, actually, because even though I didn't have that same experience when it first aired, I'm still able to get that as a new appreciator of mm. Torchwood. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it, I'm very interested to know, like, how, how was it coming to this now, almost 20 years after it aired, knowing knew who so well and then being like well this is set within this little period between series what was it like as a fan coming to it now robin it's it's really really interesting it is like so a bit of context way back way way back when this first came out i was super excited because like everyone else i had the doctor who bug i got infected by this oh this wonderful new show that's that's sci-fi that my whole family and me can enjoy that you know you're not going to be ridiculed as a geek for enjoying because guess what everyone in the park is like enjoying it um and then it's like oh yeah i'm going to tune in bbc free um and i'm going to really really get into it and you know it's some really strong concepts at the very start and you immediately know it's going to be like a much kind of darker or more edgy series Mm. and then well I used to be very very squeamish about blood so much in fact that I'd go as pale as a sheet 
um, feeling incredibly faint. And so when episode one opens up with Alien just straight up just whipping out guys jugular blood spurting everywhere Robin screaming I just immediately white face just like and nope just switched it off and I was just <laughs> oh and I regretted oh. it so much because I can remember to this day like talking to you and saying like oh mate I, I, I couldn't do it I just I, I, it just made me feel so bad and you were like no dude like you really got to get into it and I remember you trying to get me into like other episodes following after but then I'd hear from people about what was happening in episodes with um, the fairies and the cannibals. And it was just like, ooh, okay, I'm definitely not going to mm. be into that. So <clears throat> this is what, oh, bloody hell, this is just, just like, what, 17 years? I, I, I can't yeah. do maths right now. We're but get, like, we're, we're, we're very close to, very close. I think it's... Was it 2006? So yeah. Therefore, it's been yeah 17 years almost. And you know, I've I've, I've grown up just a, just a smidge. You know, I can now appreciate blood. You know, I freaking love my Mortal Combats and the like. So I mean, kinda... but, but but of course, Robin. You know, you're talking about being screwish about blood when this first aired. Obviously, you were you were under 10, right? You were you were <laughs> you must have been five or six or something when you. Oh wait, no, you were we're the same age, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, come on, you could still be squeamish about blood. People at yeah. our age are squeamish that's, about blood. And I, and I don't want anyone coming for you. I don't want anyone taking the mick out of you because it's, because it is, yeah, it does a genuine thing where people, you know, don't like blood. And, you know, let's, let's commend you for joining the torture <laughs> the team because I'll tell you now, um, if you liked this series, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on mm. it, Oh boy, things get way better. Way, 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 I'm, way better. I'm so glad to hear that because. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! Oh no! No, 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 no. In a positive way because of how much I really, really enjoyed season one. So Yay! I've already spoken in depth on this show about my own views on Jodie's period on the show, which I think. Both of us, now that we've kind of revisited it, we've kind of appreciated it more, especially with the understanding of what they had to face and knowing now that the show could well have been cancelled. Like, that's a lot for anyone. And so having that context makes it much more appreciative and enjoyable. But yeah, going to Torchwood, it felt... It's weird. It's like it was like opening up a time capsule to something that I buried in the garden and just completely forgot about, which is believable, no, in my memory. Um, yeah. But I just had a blast with it. It was this real time capsule of that era with it. Some storylines that you could definitely see being back then, some which still sta- uh, stand the test of time, mm-hmm. others which don't quite hit those highs but you can definitely enjoy them mm. and oh just... i think yeah overall i think it's a great little snapshot there are let's face it there are we're going to come to it but there are there are certain plot points certain things which are very dated mm. but we'll we'll come to it we won't we yeah but you know i tell you what um 
it's off topic, but my goodness, I can't wait to make you watch. I cannot wait to make you watch Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, yeah. You know what? Can I can I actually publicly go in the record here? I, I'm, I was meaning to do a Twitter post about it, which I'll get to. But um, I would like to make a public apology on here. Because um, back when we talked about season two, um, I waited the episode in which Sarah Jane came back as a bit of a meh episode, a bit of a mid episode. I didn't appreciate it. Didn't like the school setting. Now that I'm rewatching it um, with my partner, oh my god, I I was feeling so tearful because wonderful performances all around, really heartfelt, and I think I appreciate far more now that I'm older because I think back then I was thinking of the school, I was thinking. Uh, that's what I'm going to right now. I don't want to be reminded of school when I'm watching Doctor Who. And just now that I'm older, now that I'm thinking, oh, damn, this works on so many different levels. And even if you don't know who Sarah Jane is, it works just as strongly as it does if you do know. And if anything, now that I've been introduced more to her since Bless Her Passing and everything, it's just... Oh, so, so powerful. I want to weight that episode so much more higher. And I really, really want to go and watch Sarah Jane Adventures mm. just so I could just get hit in the gut some more. <laughs> just Well, that will that will definitely come. I imagine after this, we're probably going to, when we do a next retrospective, it'll probably be series three of New Who. And then we can look at other stuff mm. from there. Because, yeah, I'd say, I suppose, yeah, in terms of time period, we'd probably go, if we were doing it in chronological order of New Who, we'd probably go this, Tortured Series 1, Series 3 of New Who, Sarah Jane Adventures, Series 1, Tortured Series 2, then Series 4 of Doctor Who, and yeah, we'll we'll do uh, that. As we that, that, that makes anyway, sense. Anyway, yeah. So, oh. um, Torchwood. Mm, I've, I've been looking forward to this. Um, yeah. I Back in December... Um, for those who do follow me on Twitter, I decided to do something a little different. Um, and I did the uh, 13 Days of Torchwood, in which every on day... the first I w- day of Torchwood, my true love gave to me a sex gas in a massive rock. <laughs> it, it was basically that, yes. Um, with each one having its own little jaunty... Um, and that was really good fun. I got my notes in. We've been meaning to do this for so long. Um, it is now June for those who are tuning in. So it has been about six months. And I think it's time we peeled off this Band-Aid and we get right into it. Unless you've got anything you want to talk about with Torchwood. Oh, I mean, just going to it, I was I was a big fan of Captain Jack Harkness as a character mm, same, in Series same. 1. I was upset he wasn't going to be in series two of Doctor Who, but then obviously when the news came out, he was going to be in this. I was really intrigued because obviously at the end of series one, he's left on Satellite 5? Or like yeah, he's the, yeah, he is. He's, he's in the far future. He's been resurrected by as uh, by Rose as Bad Wolf. And then suddenly he's showing up in 2006, Cardiff. Mm. Like, what? What's go- like, what's going on here? So... <laughs> And that sort of stuff does get explained to us at some point in the future, but it, it, it was, I think it's very brave of them just to be like, oh no, he's here. And 
it's and obviously we go into more about his character as well than this and certainly mm. what what his resurrection meant you know so and it's yeah and i think it's it, it's a brilliant like i said snapshot and i just think i think the characters as well in this are so so strong even if you you know just like in terms of the main team when you're looking at gwen and tosh uh owen owen Yanto, yeah yeah uh, we'll talk about Owen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about yeah. Owen. Yeah, and then and then obviously even even like you know supporting characters like Reese and PC Andy are just amazing. You mm. know, I look I look at PC Andy and I'm like, there's the Robin of the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, I that, it, and yeah. that that is a that is a massive compliment as well. Mm. No, I, I'll, I'll take it. I love PC Andy. I do. <laughs> so okay. Um, I think what's great about Torchwood as well is that now, personally, I live so close to Cardiff that mm. I walk through, and I've said this before, I walk through, and I go, that was in an episode of Doctor Who. That was in an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> so I literally I walked through Cardiff the other day, and I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's where the massive CGI creepy death monster oh, <laughs> towers God. over them. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll we'll get get to it. So anyway, yeah, as we said, <laughs> it's actually produced by Rossi Davis and Julie Garden. Went out there. We get our first episode, which was Everything Changes. Mm. Written by Rossi Davis and obviously featuring Gwen being introduced and entering the torture team towards the end of it. Uh, really got lots of different things introduced as well. I think it's such a I think it's so. It's a really strong opening episode. I think to a yes, series, one hundred percent. Like the setup for this, this kind of slow build up, building up to. Like, we as an audience who've watched Doctor Who, we we know bits of what Torchwood is, but to have this outside conduit to act as our, to act as us, the audience with Gwen and how sort of smart she's being with sort of trying to tackle it and everything, and it's just. Being fed little breadcrumbs with um, oh, the resurrection gauntlet, which I, I love that. That is such a cool sort of plot device. And ah, uh, but ah, uh, yeah, it's it's so good talking about this. It really is. Yeah, I think it's it's like I said, it's, it's so strong. We come to Gwen and PC Andy at the scene of a murder. Hmm. Or at least we think it's a murder, don't we? And then they're like, right, we have to clear off. It's absolutely pissing down with rain. Like it's which obviously it's it's Wales, so that's gonna happen. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and then you have the torture team with Susie as well at that point coming out, and they just they look so cool in the mm. way they come forward there. It's almost like, and then they, it, and it's so funny as well, because again, we know Torchwood at this point. Well, at least we know a, a version of Torchwood from series two of Doctor Who. Yeah. And we look at this and we're like, this isn't quite the same thing. No. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit dirty. It's a bit grimy even, you know, and certainly again, we come into that, you know, a bit later on as well. So it's, it's very interesting to see, you know, um, as an episode, I think that Everything Changes is really strong. Really strong. And it, what I love as well is that we so... They kind of they kind of keep Jack back a bit. Like, you know, it's like we don't... They really sort of play up the mystery of Jack again, you mm. know, which is really interesting, I think. 
And then, of course, we also see little snippets of the characters, not just in a traditional show. This would just be just from Gwen's point of view. We just see her. But then we also see, like, these characters do have a life outside of Torchwood in the first episode. Like, we see... Mm. We see, you know, Tosh has taken tech, which she's not supposed to have. <laughs> Susie Jack, has as they well. Have all taken stuff, like yeah. As a as a character um, beat um, with Davis on his channel when we were talking mm. about a series two episodes, a huge track which people should go check out at some point. But Owen is my absolute favorite character in Torchwood. Oh, right? it's great. I, I so, love him. Bone Gorman's performance, absolutely iconic, absolutely amazing. Mm. Having in the first episode introducing him as a date rapist is very because that's essentially what it is. He has this magic alien uh pheromone thing he sprays on him, and the yes. woman's like, I'm gonna have you, I am, you know, and then he sprays it again, and her boyfriend's as well, and he's like, Taxi, mm. which is you know, it's a bit, it, isn't mm, it? It's and it's and it's and it's sort of unfair. It's and again, I'm I'm, re- I'm regurgitating something which Sam said on his channel, but it's it, it sort of does Owen a disservice as well because as a character, he he's he's so, so interesting. He and mm. he does go through so much. You think he goes through stuff in this series? Oh boy, just two oh, weeks today. I guess if you look at it as like almost a pilot episode where they're kind of working out how the characters are going to play and everything, then sure. I mean, it's definitely a kind of a, a bad first example of his character, but knowing where he's going and everything later season, he, oh, he's great. Like he's definitely up there as probably my favorite character of the season as well. And like, he's just, oh, he's so good. Yeah. They also, they really keep Yanto back in the first few episodes as well. I, I don't know if he gets more in season two or not. I do feel as if Yanto did not get as much screen time in this whole series no, no. as he deserved. And I, think, I think that's very important because I think like they're, they're building up to, obviously, the reveal in Cyberwoman, aren't they? And so they're, they're sort of making him seem more withdrawn and less of a character so that we have that real gut punch and that real thing in... Mm. Real, you know, real element in Cyberwoman because then he does become a bigger part as the series goes on. Then, but no, he he certainly doesn't have. He doesn't have like you. You could probably say that Owen and Tosh and Gwen certainly as well. That they've all got like their own sort of episode. Yes, you wouldn't definitely. necessarily say that about Yanto in series one. I don't think. So. No, like even even the episode that is kind of centered around him like with the cyber woman it's i i don't know it's like it's it's it's, it's more about the betrayal of the team there and it's also mm. it's, it's also just playing on that it's playing on the iconography of the cybermen so that so that any doctor who fan watching is like oh sh- oh shit oh shit oh shit mm. like how are they going to get through this one but well yeah. i think as the first episode goes it does everything that a first episode in a series should do. It should tell the audience exactly the type of themes that are going to be in it, the type of content. Mm-hmm. Um, we watching the bloody scene, got through it, no problem now. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I yeah, had a bit of a, a fist yeah, bump Louise... to myself for that one. And it's, it's, it's not so, as it's, bad as I remember it. It's so interesting <laughs> as well, because when you think about this episode, basically, yes, they're chasing a serial killer, but they're also, like, the, the weevils are presented as, like, a big threat in this episode. Mm. Which then, as the episodes go on... <laughs> It's like no. it's like that. It's like it's like it's like that Shonen Power creep, you know. It's like oh, you know, yeah. it's what it kind of is. Is you know, it's like like oh, you know, first episode they're struggling against um, Cyberman, <laughs> oh, and then are you telling then, me that the Weevils are the equivalent of Waditz? Yes, yes, yes. the Weevils are Waditz. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You know, like <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Can I also just say, before we move mm. on from episode one? Yeah, yeah. I love Indira Varma as I love her as Susie Costello. Oh, she's a wonderful actress. Absolutely incredible. There's a, there's a reason she's in everything. There's a reason she's going to be in Doctor Who again in Series 14. Mate, if, um, if you can have Martha's actress appear at the end of season two and then come back, it goes to show. Like, <laughs> if you could have, if you can have Colin Baker appear as uh, antagonist in series twenty, and then series twenty-two, he's or season twenty-two, he's back as the Doctor. Then mm. anything goes, you know. So, and I, oh. I don't mind that at all. You know, it's it's just what it is. But I just think it's so. I, <laughs> I, my favorite thing was I saw someone quote tweet it saying they keep casting Susie. <laughs> play on the episode titles we get to yeah obviously the episode ends with you know we it's really interesting as well because we're introduced to so many different things in the episode uh, we're introduced to the hub we're introduced to the family the pterodactyl mm. we're introduced to retcon the drug which obviously oh. Gwen takes and then retcon is a thing which comes back through new who as well do you remember in series nine of uh, New Who, uh, the character of Rigsy gets retconned, which then leads into Face the Raven, which then, oh, like, shit. it's, yeah, him being, yeah. he gets he gets retconned with that same drug. It's an alien drug, and it's something which is out there. So retcon comes back through. If I remember, but I think mm. they even reference it in Sarah Jane Adventures. So Well, I've got to say as well, that base of operations, you've got to have a, Badass base of operations, and I love this set with it being like down in the sewage. You've got water moving. You've got like all these different. Oh, levels. It's, it's undercard. It's undercard of bay. It's under. Oh, yeah. It's literally under the water tower. And every time I walk down there, I just I'm just like, they hubs down there. It's yeah. not obviously it's not, but you know, <laughs> you know it's. I, I mean, I just, it's. I just I'm a yeah. sucker for awesome bases of operation, whether yeah. it be like the helicarrier from Avengers or something. It's just mm. something about home base that feels like home it's meant to be like a set yeah. dressing it's yeah it's funny isn't it because i think by the end of this series they feel more like a found family you know mm. and towards the start they feel more like co-workers you know yeah no 100 and i think that definitely develops as the series goes on especially at the beginning of season two as well there's they're having jabs at each other. They still don't trust um, Gwen and everything. Um, and it's like, in terms of our thoughts in season one, my only negative 
sorry, about episode one, my only negative about episode one actually kind of gets fixed both with a later episode and more context as to how it was being advertised with season one. Because when it was being advertised, Susie was being shown as a main character in all of the advertisements. So people were led to believe that she was going to be part of the whole series. So when she does the whole, like, I'm going to betray you type thing, it's like, oh shit, to new watchers. Um, so when I was first watching this episode, I would admit that I did feel, oh man, they should have saved that betrayal for another time. They should have built up her wanting to use the resurrection gauntlet for this. But again, with that context of how it was being framed, as well as how they use her in episode eight, mm. that kind of negative kind of disappears. Yeah. And I, th- I think I think you're absolutely right as well. I think if they just left it, but the fact that Susie's death plays into that later episode as well, mm. like her like her suicide. Let's say that she she commits suicide there in front of Jack and Gwen to then, oh, yeah. which is then part of her plan, which later on she'll be resurrected. It's it, it's really cool. And what I love about that end of the episode, that end of that episode is that that Susie didn't realize, but that Jack obviously can come back to life. He can't mm. die. And we're also left at the end of that episode with none of the rest of the team knowing that either. Gwen is the only one, like is Jack's only confidant in that. And he kind of takes her under his wing, you know, certainly met anyway, I think certainly we could be, uh, we could probably assume by the end of the series, he takes her under his wing more than he probably has the rest of them. It, it definitely does go in the rest of the episodes and, I think as well, it's a really good um, servant point for those who are less familiar with Jack's powers. So having that be the case, especially if maybe you jumped into Doctor Who, but then decided I'm going to go straight to Torchwood. Having that be a thing is very kind of, oh, damn. Yeah, that's a real big factor of this series. Can I, uh, can I throw two quick things at you before we move on to the next episode, before we rate this one? Yeah, yeah. Things. What the fuck does Jack think he's doing standing on the top of those buildings? Because, <laughs> like, if he was in, like, say, New York or, like, and or London, even, there's a buildings with massive, you know, skyscrapers and stuff like that, that would probably look really cool. What the fuck is he doing that? Why the fuck is he doing that in Cardiff? Yeah. It just it doesn't it, it's just it's just angsty and it doesn't look as cool as you think it looks. Like it really doesn't. And, and it's what, like four stories, maybe five stories? It, it yeah, does not have the like, same effect. It's really not. It's just like this isn't that cool. Okay. And the other thing is when Gwen first drives down to the bay in the car to try and track them to the torture hub and obviously gets there and they're not there, mm. you can see behind her. She's right by the Red Dragon Center, which is right by Cardiff Bay, right by the Millennium Center. You can see the Red Dragon Center there, and there is a massive banner advertising the Doctor Who experience, which at the time was within. Yes. (laughs) So I missed that. So yeah, that's that's there. So technically, Doctor Mm. Who is yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch that. But that's, I just think that's so funny that they just left that in. 
There we go. An, an early canon buster, as you will, like Doctor yeah. Who is canon and Doctor Who. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just to just to whet your appetite there. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's get to let's get ra- to rating it. Okay. So oh, everything 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 changes. I think it's really strong. I think there are better episodes mm. in the series that goes I, on, which I obviously agree. the case. It's a pilot, isn't it? I would give it. I give it a straight seven out of ten. I was. Oh, seven is a real, really strong score. And you know what? As I went through these, the one thing I did not do was score them, um, which is an interesting thing. It's like, it's, it's funny because I rated it a little lower when I first watched this. But again, with context and sort of knowing what happens later, it makes you enjoy the episode more. Mm. Um, you know, I... I want to give this like, and it's not to say like I thought of any less of it before later episodes. I I still think that this is a sort of seven out of ten episode. I really really do as well. I'm yeah. I'm quite comfortable with that score as well, mate. Absolutely, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so episode two, day one, written by Chris Chibnall. Hmm. Um. <laughs> It it's only um, explained a little. So I feel like so um I feel like in series with series one of Torchwood, people certainly detractors of it are always like, yeah, but the one with the sex gas. Mm. <laughs> and it's the fact that it's the second episode as well. Yeah, like, it is maybe it? later. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah, I think when you think of it in the context of where it is in the series you're right it's it's kind of like being like it is a bit too like oh this ain't your this ain't your dad's doctor who no, it's, no. Uh, you know that's literally what it feels like <laughs> yeah it's um so yeah i can i completely understand you know that i think maybe later on the series might have been good however i i do quite i do quite enjoy the episode all oh, the same. Okay, there, okay. Are, there are there are there are some dated effects, you know. And I mm. do think that like oh it's it, it's always a bit awkward when there's when there's sex scenes and something, isn't it? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean and, the actors give it their all. You cannot blame them when it's the material. Yeah, you know, it, it it brings a new um it brings a new context to the the French expression for an orgasm, which is you know, uh, 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 I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's basically um, translates to a little death. <laughs> 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 because hell, the, these men they I do mean, this. I mean, if they're oh going to die, it's better to die on the job, you know. I mean. Just- at least, at least, at least they die doing something which they loved. <laughs> but it's, oh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? You it's, know, the thing is, and I don't want people to think, oh well, you you can't do an, a sex episode. It's like, one hundred percent, you could do a sex episode. Like, I think with a more adult series, you can certainly tackle those themes. It's, it's something that's so much in our society and everything and more it's more of a less of a taboo and more of a common thing i just i think it's the fact that sex gas and how it happens like maybe if it was something cool looking like a succubus or something like 
you know, you could do something really cool with that, something very Diablo-esque or like um, monstrous as seen it, like Dungeons and Dragons. But it's the fact that it's just gas. It's the fact that at the very start of the episode, we see a guy shagging the girl in the club and to just spontaneously combust <laughs> to an orgasm. It's just, this, this is an episode. This is where we are yeah. going with this. I do, I do think it's so funny as well that the whole thing is set off by Gwen basically trying to be cool, you know, and like it's her first day on the job. She's trying to be cool. She throws, I don't know, some something at Owen, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it and it sets this whole chain of you know chain of events off, you know, because let's face it, Owen is a shit. Oh, Owen he's... is he is such a shit. And I and I love him. Like you know, he's he's amazing. He's my favorite character. But it's really tough to like him in this first episode because he's that stereotypical, you know, lad, mm. lad. Obviously, genius doctor at the same time. But he's very, you know, very clearly winding her up. And yeah, and you know, like you were saying with the previous episode, this one does have. A little awkwardness later on when she's going through like the sperm bank and killing guys yeah. for having sex with them. And she forces herself on a guy who says that he's gay, which is play for laughs. And I know, I know. That's not great. The the bit I didn't I felt a bit like mm, about as well is when Gwen goes into the cell with Caris uh, is the character's name, isn't it? Oh, and then yeah, yeah. she's overcome and they start kissing and mm. the whole team are just sat there watching it on the monitor instead of going to stop it or something oh. and I'm like and I'm like yeah this is yeah. really quite again this isn't your dad's Doctor Who it's just like well hey look we can look what we can do now you know? hey, hey are you still watching this with your parents for your family night dinner <laughs> <laughs> you're going to change that now I know I right? talk about all the boners uh, oh. <laughs> you know? and then yeah because they do they just and obviously they don't know that, it, that at that point they don't know that it's just men that we're going to be killed by this thing. And then obviously later on as well, then, then they go into the... Owen's just stuck. Just like, yeah, she got me. Got me. Uh, I mean, uh, that that's a good moment, I like. That was I, funny. I that, was funny. Yeah. that was funny because it's like, well, yeah, of all of them, Owen is, would be the one to, you know, succumb very quickly, you know, to it. And it's just, he's lucky that he got out alive with that as well, you know? <laughs> It's, yeah, it's not the worst ever episode in the Doctor Who universe. God no, but it's just it just has its problems. It just feels like it's been too edgy. Where maybe if the episode was later, maybe if they just tweak the script a little bit, it could be really interesting, and you could approach the topic in a in a really creative way like they do with so many other topics in this series. Um, oh, me, I'm, I'm trying to think what else to really discuss. Um, <laughs> the, port- the portable prison cell, the deus ex machina of the episode, which, uh, you know, which obviously is used earlier on the episode and then comes back uh, when Jack uses it to trap the, the, the sex gas to mm. stop it from getting it- to Gwen, which then kills it. That literally breaks 
breaks like every episode of the series if you think about it too much mm-hmm. because oh there's a side woman football prison oh there's there's some weird cannibals football prison football prison yeah like it's i i think with any kind of doctor who's though you kind of you got to almost enjoy each episode as they come and not nitpick these things. Yeah. It, it's, it's something that I've learned down the line. Yeah, absolutely. But isn't it funny that the portable prison thing never comes back after this? Yeah, and you know what I also love is that I'm pretty sure on Wikipedia it is just referred to as sex gas as well. Yeah, it is. Literally, I'm on the TARDIS wiki right now, and it's, yeah. and it's literally, you know, main characters Jack, Gwen, Owen, Toshianto... Featuring Reese, Andy, Janet, main enemy, the sex gas. Yes. And it's literally the sex gas. Um, biological type sentient gas. And my goodness, thank goodness. Oh my goodness, there are no other references to it. It's literally just this one, this one episode. Oh, Big cool. finish, I haven't touched it either. Good. No, no, nothing in the span- expanded media. That's great. Maybe, maybe we'll okay. finally get that added to um, Doctors and Daleks in the Monster Manual. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> no, please don't. no, please don't. Don't Let's... bring it. Don't. You know what? If someone's going to do it, it'll be it'll be Sam. It'll be Davis when he does his goddamn DM episodes. We'll suddenly have the fucking sex gas yes. coming after us. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the episode. I enjoy it. But if I'm comparing it to the rest of them, I can't in good conscience give it anything more than a four. See, I was going to give it a three because it's mm. while it's not god awful, it's just... You got such a high first episode, and then to follow up with such a weak second, it does put a bad sort of not a bad taste. That's the word I'm, one word I'm looking for. It's like it's a bad um, first interpretation of the show. If you're a newcomer, yeah. and it's like uh, I wasn't too sure about this, and it's like no, 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 stick with it because episode three, I really, really, really. Oh, know. Ghost Ghost Machine. We're talking about Ghost mm. Machine by Helen Rayner. I think that's such a love this episode. Lo- what I love about it as well, it's it shows that it's not just an alien every week. It's the alien tech, which is the issue as well, which comes through the rift. You know, because this episode is just about it is that ghost machine, and it's it's putting people into the position of people you know ha- that have had traumatic moments basically in these you know it is it's it's this ghost ability of going into this and feeling these emotions from years and years ago you know it's and it's so it's so touching it's so harrowing in fact you know like obviously the one which Gwen feels is upset and then you get Owen who then it's you know it's straight this up is, oh. this is like Owen's first proper he is not a character to be hated. This is a character who's really complex, has so yes, many layers. Yes. He's and that's what I that's what I love about Talk Show as well, that you realize, certainly at this you start realizing at this point that they are as characters all flawed. So complex, all yeah. flawed, all you know, morally grey, slightly more on the side of the, the angels than you know the demons, but have their own motivations, have their own things driving them and yeah it's not just 
oh, Owen is a shit. That's it. He has these moments and he's so, he's a fascinating character. Really is, you know. And he gets better as the series goes on. It's not like, uh, oh, we we already know Jack. We already really love him type thing. It's like, no, this is someone who's like, he's a bit of a shit. I hate him. He's a bit of a shit. I like it. But Jack as well. The Jack (laughs) we have here is so... Oh, he's it's so, so wildly, so wildly different from what we saw in series one of Doctor Who. Mm. So what, what I love about that is that it's like you're constantly questioning in this series, like how has he gone from sort of suave and you know con man, sort of you know making the joke and having the laugh, to this kind of hard ass at times, mm. you know, leader of this team again in. In fucking Wales in 2006, <laughs> you know? The, the other great thing as well is that for people who are saying, oh, you don't like episode two because it was a subject on sex, like, no, Torchwood can do really great themes and subjects. And this really excels at that, this horrifying look into the past, mm. seeing these reflections of the past and having it affect the characters it's it's exactly what we were sold to talk with all as it's because it is it's telling stories within the doctor who universe which you couldn't tell in doctor who because of oh, no. you know it's telling it's telling mature and and complex stories which you couldn't get in the same way of just oh we need to stop the Daleks and you know and I'm not saying that in a reductive way because obviously we have very complex stories in Doctor Who as well and morals and lessons we can learn but you couldn't put Ghost Machine in it's it's different in Doctor Who you could you couldn't put it in Doctor Who without having to lessen it somehow mm. if you know what I mean you know because it is very it is it's gritty and it's I mean, the, 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 I keep thinking about what that I always come back to is when Owen is in the um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the 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 um, the oh. old man's you know uh, living room. Yes, you know? uh, Eddie, I think is Eddie Morgan. Oh, that's yeah. such a great scene. And he's and he's oh. there, and you can see he's just like relived the experience this that this girl went through mm. way back when when she was obviously raped and murdered by this utter disgusting piece of shit that got away with it and then you can see he's reliving it again in his in his performance there in that living room you can see you know that he is going through it again just while talking like you know he's like where, the way he's talking about it as well, that he's, you know, making Eddie relive it. And he's like, how do you know this? And he's like, get, Rupert Trotters, get out, get out. And, and it's, it's a phenomenal scene. Just that scene alone, just playing that to someone, they would think, oh, that's just a really good BBC drama. But it's mm. like, yeah, it's a really good BBC drama. It's called Torchwood. A spin-off to Doctor Who. Yeah. You, yeah. you wouldn't ex- necessarily expect that all the time i mean doctor who has its phenomenal acting moments as well please don't get me wrong but oh that scene and as well oh. as just later on as well yeah. when like they're trying when, to avoid I'm sorry yeah. you, go, you go mate i was gonna say when eddie's got the knife and it's the scene which yeah. gwen is it's the scene that which gwen has sent because obviously the ghost machine 
is let let her saw that moment in the future as well, where she's got blood on her hands and the knife, yeah. and she's like, "What the hell's happened here?" And then it happens where he's got the knife, and then Owen gets it, and you see that flash in Owen's eyes where they're like, where Jack and Gwen are like, "Oh no, it's all right. Owen's got it now." But then Owen's like, really mm. fighting the urge to avenge this woman, this girl, and go for him. And then obviously he gives the knife to Gwen and she's like, oh, thank God. And then Eddie, being an old, stupid, fucking rapist, <laughs> piece of, straight up, just piece of shit, just punk, yeah. goes towards the knife. And it obviously it comes true, Gwen's prediction there. And it's, yeah, and it's, but I think it's it, it really is great again because although you have those moments there, it's great that we see Owen in particular. I know I keep back coming back to Owen, but I really do have an emotion. But it's it's so interesting to see that he made the choice there not to kill Eddie. Mm. He made that choice, and then yeah, I think it would have been very easy to have had him being the one that killed him, mm. and I think that just adds so many more layers to his character that he chose not to and that's yeah. why in episode three he went from a character who was like i do not care about this character i think he's really annoying to oh oh he's okay okay he's yeah on he, my way he, down he, he got issues he got yeah. and, and, let's, and let's face it you can look at any of the characters in torture and go they got issues you know what? and that, that's crazy jack i'm sure they're all sound mind yeah and I really love as well that we keep with this is where we really start to see like like the duality as well that this this double life that Gwen is leading where she's having to go all this and Reese is kind of like like already kind of like like come on you have a life with me why are you going off and doing this like what's you know what's going on mm. and yeah it's uh I, I and I think he's been perfectly reasonable like he's all throughout the series, he's a mm. really good boyfriend. And I think when he's angry, it's legit angry. And it's almost immediately within the first second episode that you're like, huh, well, he's definitely dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, what was I gonna say? I um, mean, like, um, he is dead, but probably not the dead that you were expecting. <laughs> 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 I, but what I love as well is that you think about this this is probably Gwen's like second, third maybe just like second week on the job mm. and she's just had sex gas had to cope with like you know the guilt of what happened there and now this old guy's just killed himself on the knife she's holding as well so and she's covered in his blood it's just like yeah yeah I'm gonna need some therapy for that yeah Oh boy, is she gonna need to mm. therapy, all right? Um, Ghost Machine. It's. I think it's one of the highlights of series one. Genuinely, oh, it's, I think I, it's. I, I want to give it like a. I'm. Because oh, you know, I'm go always, on. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, go first. I'm trying to like judge it with other episodes, but then I legit had such a blast with season one that I think I'm going to give a lot of high scores. I I really don't know how high to give this because I am thinking like a ten out of ten just because of the wow. Because okay. I love the performances and this for me was when I really really got into torture. Like gotcha. I I really enjoyed the first one, and yeah. then the second one was kind of a bit of a uh, 
Mm-hmm. And then this just boom, right in there. It's just it's wow. the acting moment. It's the, no, yeah, the idea of these this tech and everything of what the series can do. And I think that's a real good one. I was like, I'm, I'm curious, mate. What, what, what were you thinking of? I here? would go, I would go a high eight personally. High I eight, yeah. I think it's very strong. I think it's everything we've spoken about there, absolutely wonderful. I'm interested if you've given that a 10, if anything's going to beat that this series. Um, it's, the thing is, again, I just had such a good time mm, with this series. And yeah. I'm rethinking about that episode. I'm struggling to think of moments that I didn't like. Fair enough. <clears throat> well, that ge- leads us on to episode four then. Yet again, written by Chris Chibnall, Cyberwoman. Hmm. A very divisive um, episode amongst yeah, the Yeah, very, base. very divisive, very divisive. I, I'll be honest, I went in, when I did my rewatch, because I had to rewatch all these as well, because I'd, I'd actually not rewatched series one of Torchwood since it went out. So mm. I had to do a big rewatch before we talked about this. And I was like, oh, I got Cyberwoman to watch. Oh, that's the one. And I ended up really enjoying it. You know, it's, I ended up really, really liking it. It's not as bad as people think, 100%. No, no. Let's face it. The worst thing about it is the design of the it's, Cyberwoman. It's funny because you know how certain comic book designs, they work great on paper and they don't work great when they're actually being worn by someone in real life. I feel like that's the thing with Cyberwoman because I get entirely what the story is meant to be. This is meant to be like a homage to the Bride of Frankenstein. And, you know, it's that kind of armor I think would work great if this was like a comic book version of Torchwood or Doctor Who. Seeing it though in live action, it does look very Anne Summers catalog. And yeah, it's why has she got heels? Why has she got heels? I Jack, I just think that chronologically all Cybermen have heels. It's just they have the metal plates and it just covers it it's what makes yeah. them so tall i mean this 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 is what i really liked about cyborg when i first watched it years okay. ago and really watched it it was that it's that yeah it's like no we are we are in the doctor universe we are because he is here's look here is a direct consequence of the end of series two mm. here is something from here's something from your doctor who torchwood here's something from your series two torchwood and it's here in this show but we're gonna play that up and it's yeah, I, I love that idea as well. And it's something which they never really utilize, which oh, which I think is a little bit upsetting as well. Is that they I would love it if they took more Doctor Who villains. I would have loved it if they'd done that and taken Doctor Who villains out or monsters and given us like the darker, more adult side of them mm-hmm. in Torchwood, you know. And it's something they've done in Big Finish quite well. There's a, I think there's there's a like a trilogy or quadrilogy of releases where they have um, like direct things from Doctor Who into Torchwood episodes. Again, at a big finish. And so I'd recommend those to people, but I've not really listened to any of them of myself. I mean, actually, I'm listening to one right now, which is Robin. Okay. It's Susie. Okay. okay. It's Susie with Margaret Slavine. Because if you think about it, Susie would have been working with Torchwood at the yeah. same time that Margaret Savine was mayor of Cardiff. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Like, that seems like a real big, like, 
huh who came up with that idea but is it working yeah. as you oh as you're yeah listening? it's working i'm really mm. enjoying that yeah and okay so look cyberbullying it's by chris chibnall um this chris chibnall we see here is widely different to the one we get in series 11 to, to series 13 of doctor mm. who and this is what i love about this as well as yet again Yanta was seen like a very interesting but like more subdued or lesser character in the previous three episodes before this. This, we really get him center stage and really sort of understand his motivations and it again, it's really cool to be like, oh, this guy worked at Torchwood One in London. This mm. woman worked there. She was part converted. This is a consequence. This is a consequence of the Doctor right here. Mm. And we're dealing with it in this show, which is really interesting. It's it's great as well, because even when Doctor Who showed the, conver the conversion, like the blades, the lasers, mm. that's horrific. That's absolutely horrific. So to see someone who survived that and is probably pretty messed up from that as well both physically and mentally mm. like to see how they explore that is definitely a really interesting subject mm. it's really and it's it's so cool as well to see like the the whole process of it that Yantina, he waits for the the whole team to go he brings in the robotic scientist and the scientist guy just needs like you know can you fix him and then yant has to go back up because the team come back he comes back down and she's tried to convert the dude and he's dead and it's mm -hmm. like oh great okay and i i love i absolutely love the moment when they they figure out like what's going on and like they go down there and again i'm coming, I'm coming back to owen but the look on burn's face when he's because obviously Again, Gwen is our eyes into Torchwood, isn't she? She's mm. our, sorry, you know, but obviously as an audience, we know about the Cybermen more than Gwen. At this oh, point. yeah. So we get to then at that moment, look at it through Owen's eyes. And when he's like, Jack, we have a full like cyber conversion unit down here. And it's like the fear, because he knows, because he's been with Torchwood, you know, and Jack obviously knows. And it's like, oh my, oh God. <laughs> it's 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 on the same level as Sarah Jane going. You're so young. And it's just oh, like oh my god. Yeah, it's oh, just little touches don't, like don't, that. Don't make me think about that scene again. <laughs> my god, yeah. And, and and I love it as well because again, it's like we're going. Oh, you see, you know, these guys that usually you need uh, the Doctor to to, to beat. Mm. Yeah, we have to face them. It's like it's, oh. And, you know, I joked already about episode one with them keeping awful inventory with the fact that stuff just constantly gets taken out. Um, who the, how the fuck did they miss the cyber conversion down in the basement? <laughs> did none of them think to investigate this locked door? It's, like, uh, it's, it's very simple. Uh, Yanto has a, he has a laboratory, Didi, and you mustn't press any of my buttons. <laughs> Ooh, what does this one do? Oh it converts you into a Cyberman. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, obviously, Yanto's brought Lisa, um, what's left of Lisa, down there. He's trying to fix her after the Battle of Canary Wharf. He's bringing cybernetics people, experts, to try and help, but ended up 
them getting killed and it just spirals out of control and then Lisa appears and I really think they should have leaned more into it but they mm. have you can see the actress's entire face they've got like a sexy cyber woman bikini sort of situation with these weird like holes on it it's like it's like what's what's going on there but Jack, Jack, you can't tell she's a woman unless she's clearly got boobs and skin oh. showing off her torso. No, it's like battle like armor, fantasy game. They should have, they should have lent more into the body horror of it. Oh, genuinely, one hundred percent. They should have had like her part converted with like half a cyber mask on her face, sort of, like grafted onto it or something. It should have been, it should have been horrific, really. But instead, I look at it and I think, oh, for goodness' sake, what's going on it's, here? It's fascinating because the idea of the cyber woman just by changing the design would have changed so much about the episode. Like we, what we got compared to what you just described, if we had one that really leaned into the body horror, which let's face it, this episode is kind of a body horror story. And if they'd really pushed for that, I think this would have maybe stood out a lot more and I think mm-hmm. we would not have had that contention in in the community about this episode yeah. I have to admit though it's kind of funny when you see <laughs> this weird cyberman punching a pterodactyl that <laughs> that I was so happy with I'm a sucker for monster battles or robots versus monsters so to have like You're a the- cyberwoman you're the you're the Ken Watanabe in Godzilla. Let them fight. Fight. One hundred percent. I do not care how dumb they are. I'm always down for a good old monster fight. So seeing her take on a pterodactyl, just like this is the most Doctor Who shit yeah. I've seen all episode, and I love it. <laughs> I really love the the character drama in it as well. Like I think I think Jack is really strong in this episode as a because you really see he's been so cool and he's not. This episode, he is flustered as all hell, mm. and he's like, you know, you brought a Cyberman into into my into my base, and then he has that bit where he's like, you execute her, and like, there's even a bit where he looks like he's going to execute Yanto. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like, oh my, like you know, and it, it is weird thinking about it. How they all like by the end of the episode, they all pretty much forgive him for this, you mm. know. And it is, uh, I think it's, it's also, it's, it's great for Yanta as a character to see this happen and have this, know this backstory, which we don't know the backstory of Tosh yet. We don't know the backstory of Owen. We don't really know Gwen's backstory that much. We know a little bit about her. And we certainly don't know how Jack's got there. So it's really interesting to then be like, we know this about Yanto. And the body horror definitely comes into it when he comes into the cyber conversion unit again. When Lisa has transferred her head into the pizza delivery girl, he goes there and he finds her body there, and there's so much blood, and he's really upset there. Mm. And then she's like, "Oh no, I'm fine. I'm in this body." And he's like, "No, I have to." He can't bring himself to do it, and that's when Owen and Gwen and Jack are just unloading so yeah. many fucking clips <laughs> so many clips in her which i i i'm like damn straight like i'm i'm a big zombie land fan and i'm like you double tap double yeah. tap you know oh my god I, I i forgot that they all not just one of them but all of them just 
blow her apart. It's just like, Jesus. <laughs> and I think, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's, so I, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it watching it. Even, and let's face it, you know, we've said ourselves as fans of Doctor Who that kind of like silly stuff is okay. Like we don't mm. mind silly stuff. It's kind of funny. So yeah, I would, I'd give this one a six. I would say okay. because I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's as strong. I'd say there are very very strong moments in it, particularly from Yanto. Um, obviously, this is well. I'm thinking about it. This is when Owen and and Gwen first kiss as well, isn't it? In the oh. they're hiding in the in the they're hiding in the morgue bit, aren't they? And Shit, yeah. It's like a it's a proper like it's. A, I think it's just a like we're gonna die. Like, mm. We are gonna die. Is what they're thinking, and just yeah, um, yeah. I I'm gonna get. I would give it a six because I think as an episode, I would if I was comparing it to something like um, Everything Changes, I'd say Everything Changes is a better episode, but there are moments in this which are stronger than that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, 100%. And with this episode, like, I don't know if I should feel bad. Like, I almost feel as if, because it's interesting, because speaking to you right now, it's kind of having me rethink this episode in places because I admit I wasn't a fan of the fact that Yanto was always kind of this side character. I always wished that he had a bit more um, limelight and maybe had the opportunity to have known his girlfriend even just a little bit before this happened, just so this would have been an even bigger, more impactful episode. Um so I think when I sort of first saw it, like I didn't think it was as bad as I remember people saying. And I, I, I don't think I can rate it as high as you, but it's definitely much better than episode two, which in comparison, I probably should have rated that a bit lower. I'd, I'd say this one I'd give like a five out of 10. You know, it's, it's a that's mid. Fair. I'd say that's fair. You know, it's mid, it's mid, bro. Bruh, bruh, it's like so mid, bruh. Yeah, bruh. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Episode five mm. after this is Small Worlds, uh, written by Peter J. Hammond. Hey, Jack, um, let's take something that's really cutesy and just make it really fucked up. Hey, hey, you like fairies? You like fairies, do you? No, um, I don't. <laughs> I don't like fairies at all. I, mm. I don't get. I know there's a big, uh, there's a big thing like the literary in the literary world of people loving like these like fae stories of fairies and mm. stuff, and the fairies all fuck and stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm just not. I just, I just don't like the fairies. Like you know, I don't want to be watching fucking winks. You know. No. No, no, that is very true. And it's funny because I was never interested in myself, but one of my childhood friends, a neighbor of mine, she was obsessed with fairies all the time. She was obsessed with them for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So, like, just hearing about this episode back when I was in my younger years, I was thinking, huh, how does how does that work? And I had like all these different thoughts in my head as to how they would look. So finally visiting this episode. Yeah. Yeah. They, think, they go hard on 
this like... i think again the subject matter of it and this idea of these chosen children and again telling a story which you couldn't do in doctor who like you know there's straight up there's there's a pedophile there's a pedophile yeah straight up there is a pedophile in this episode and he dies in a very horrific way and there are other characters in it that die in horrific ways well because of this and it's it's a it's a different show to the rest of torchwood Mm. it's not it's a different show entirely you know oh comparison to the previous episode it's like chalk and cheese it really is Mm. um it's like i do like parts of this episode i really do like i actually quite like the fact that it ends on a bit of a dour ending this idea that they can't always resolve their issues um it's not going to be like doctor who where they can just come up with a macguffin or something to solve the issue it's like sometimes you have to do a sacrifice for the greater good of multiple lives the greater good the greater good the Um, greater good (laughs) yeah what i would say i think the strongest part of this episode is the sort of look into jack's past oh i love that i love all that because it gives us a bit more context that we're like oh this is world war ii but is this and then we're like but hang on a second is it jack in world war ii as in pre-series one or is was this jack here after series one Mm. of doctor who it's it gives you that very interesting sort of thing there doesn't it where it's like well how does he play into this it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit dodgy as well with uh, with the character of Estelle. Oh, uh, because obviously she believes that Jack is the son of this man that she fell in love with and had a relationship mm. when she was younger. And that's its own thing there. Obviously Gwen is like, knows the truth of it. Jack says that he and Estelle first locked eyes when she was 17 and fell in love and it's like dude you are currently certainly in your 30s physically we don't know how old you are we don't actually know how old you are now because of time travel and resurrections and your abilities but it's like dude no yeah yeah, it's it's no, you, you can't you can't even say anything about that, can you? You can't be like, oh, you know, it was it was the World War times, it was a different time back then. It's like, no, no, not really. No, bro. It's not no, good. Not, no, not bro. really. And like I do really like like ignoring all that, I do like the idea of a story in which someone who potentially could live forever is looking back at someone who they have have a connection with perhaps someone who's their last connection to the past and sort of having this new relationship with them where you can't exactly tell them who you really are but sort of knowing that this is your last connection and his heartbreak when she dies as well Mm. like as well like that he, he does some great great i do yeah i i I do think it's a it's a real downer ending as well isn't it it's proper Mm. yeah but 
And then, but then it's so strange as well then because the end of the episode then has that little girl appear as a fairy in those pictures. Can I just talk, say one thing as well? You know the fairies? Mm-hmm. They are straight up grotesque to look at and they're uh, like oh, yeah. feral, horrible forms. Also, so dated. Oh my God. So dated. Because they just look... There's one bit where I'm pretty sure one of them jumps on someone's head and it just looks like they're humping this guy's oh, death. Just... Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you're not wrong about that. I, it's interesting because, like, there are some really cool aspects in this episode. I really loved the scene, which is quite horrific, of the guy spitting up, like, red petals. Yes. And that's... oh. Just, just running through the streets of Cardiff, mm. spitting up these petals, and then obviously wants to get taken by police for what he thinks is, you know, um, safety for him. And then the just the image of him in the cells, it's like, yeah, but mm. and obviously Jack is on the train that has the flashback of all his men in that carriage. Oh yeah, terrifying stuff. Yeah, but it's again, it's a different show. It's not the same torture we've been watching. No. You know, do you know what's funny as well? Is those those fairies, uh, Robin? Yeah. Yet again, are something which kind of like you're like, wow, if that exists in Doctor Who, that's a bit weird. They actually appear in a uh, in a Twelfth Doctor uh, novel as as the villain. Really? Yeah. Uh, one with Bill and Twelfth Doctor, which is very interesting. But yeah, um, look, I'm I'm done talking about that episode. I'm just I'm not a big fan. I, I give it. A th- I think there are moments in it which, yet again, I think like every episode of Doctor Who, with this as well, I think there are moments in it which are strong. Episode itself, I'm giving it a three. I think it's the weakest. Oh wow! Series one. Yeah. You you think it's what weaker than Sex Gas? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. Because I am I am pro I am pro Sex Gas. I am. Uh, <laughs> I am not a fan of fairies. Mm. I, it's interesting because maybe this is one where I need to kind of rewatch it because all I can think of is the things that I really liked or the fact that it was a bit different, the fact that it ended her on a bit of a down note, the, the strong acting, this idea of this kind of past and the like. But I'm also not saying that it's a great episode. You know, I'm I'm thinking that it's kind of mid as well, I think, for the positives that there are negatives just like with the cyber woman episode and I, I kind of i put it at like a five out of ten as well fair enough fair enough. yeah that brings us to episode six countryside written by chris chibnall and jack do you want to join me for this uh here he comes in a really great really tractor. Big tractor here he comes in a really big tractor I'm so happy that you showed me that right after because oh okay okay sorry I know I'm jumping the gun there I yeah, had to we, get out we, get, we get we get Jack's theme proper in there and it is mm. here he comes in a really big tractor here he comes in a really big tractor and it's such a it's such a good theme it really is but okay so countryside or as I like to call it PTSD inducing episode mm, the kills have eyes Doctor Who yes it's 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 a straight up it's a it's a straight up Doctor Who horror movie is oh, what it God. is, you know. It's like if you you could probably 
just watch this as like a oh you know I'm not into Doctor Who but I'm really into like my my thrillers and such my investigations and because this this isn't aliens this isn't monsters this is just human beings exactly and that's the twist all the way along we're led to believe it's some alien it's some cult it's some strange evil thing and Mm. the evil thing is human beings and why did and why did they do it because i like it it's just because it made me happy it's like oh and it's just Mm, it's like there's no reason it's not for the greater good it's not the greater good the greater good it's just because i liked it and it's like and the whole episode all the atmosphere the pacing the the fact that the group gets split up and it's a very terrifying environment to be in because it's so open and yet it feels so isolated it's it's so clever how they do that, like making an environment which they show it off in the daytime a lot, and yet they still keep that tension really wrapped up. It's straight up. It's the Welsh countryside, and it's just the oh, it's it's so graphic as well. Like it's it's one of Chipno's best it's, episodes, definitely. Yes, it's it's frankly it's wonderful. The performances in it are just amazing. You know, particularly, uh, if I remember correctly, it's, um, oh, what's his name? I'm trying to remember is the name of the actor that plays like the one that's like, because I, you know, mm. it's Owen Teal, who's, uh, you know, very famous Welsh actor in just about everything as he should be. Because it's such a great performance as well, you know, and it's, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a really strong episode. It is. It's frankly just wonderful. It's, you know what else is great about this episode? Like, it builds up this tension, this atmosphere. It's picking mm. off characters. You honestly don't know when you're watching this if they're all going to make it. I legit yeah. thought that, like, Yanto was going to die or something. And so to have that big epic moment where Jack comes in on a fucking tractor, takes out a gun, is back in the heat, starts blasting everywhere, music is going up. It's it's such it's a kind great, of total whiplash, but I fucking love it. It's just, it ends up being it's so that, It's that moment in a horror film where everything looks lost, but then this one person just goes, fuck it, I'm doing this, and saves everyone. Get yeah, away and... from her, you bitch. Like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 oh, I'm annoyed for not making that connection there. And I love it as well. And then again, yeah, the twist that it's human beings doing it is great. And that scene where, where I think Jack says to Gwen, he's like, you know, he's not going to tell you anything. Why do you want to talk to him? And she's like, I just need to know. I just want to know why. Mm. And that scene, again, is so well acted between the two of them, you know? Oh. And then, of course, the end of the episode, we have Gwen and Owen starting their affair as well, because the tension, you talk about tension building this episode, the tension of those two was building through it as well. 
and I think that people get on Gwen for being for her cheating on Reese essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she does. But at the same time, I feel like in the series we don't see the real repercussions in the characters of this because this is yeah they deal with aliens in and out every day but this is showing that human beings can be just as evil and just as depraved and violent and disgusting as these things that they face that come through this rift and that is a real bitter pill to swallow so yeah it's trauma inducing episode for them and i think like it's it's a shared trauma which then brings Gwen and Owen together in that moment there as well and it's so wonderful if if i could recommend to people straight away if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to one tortured audio from from big finish Mm -hmm. go to the monthly range get broken by joseph lidster which features um danto and jack it's a great it's great because it basically gives us more context into Yanto as series one goes on. So we have oh. Yanto's direct response to this episode. And spoilers, Yanto almost kills himself following oh. this episode. Straight up. Huh. Okay. Because okay. it's so because so it's harrowing. so it's so harrowing yeah it's again re- i really recommend Fucking picking hell. that one up it's really great yeah i think it's such a strong episode i I'm i don't it a 10 out of 10 i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a 10 as well yeah i i think it's as an episode of tv like you say if you can judge it as i could show this to someone and be like yeah it's from torchwood yeah it's from the doctor universe but it's just a cracking bit of tv yeah, yeah i would give it i would say it's it's going to be. There is another episode I'm going to give a probably a ten out of ten answer to as well at some point. Yeah. So yeah. But same. this is this is a high bar for series one, I would say definitely. Right. Well then, next episode, and finally we get an episode dedicated to Tosh. Yeah. Oh, and Tosh. Tosh is so un, under. You know, speaking about Yanto being underserved in the first few episodes, Tosh is really underserved in series mm-hmm. one. You she, know, she is, and and it's interesting because this episode is basically a, like in service to that. Like this whole episode is about the human psyche and loneliness. And she is incredibly lonely. It's why she is easily manipulated mm-hmm. by this character who I believe she's the daughter for my family. Like, yes, yes, she yeah. was, yeah. Because I was watching, I was like, my family. It's just, you know, when you just <laughs> look at someone, it's just like, okay, sure. Um, and it's it's, it's interesting because I really like the fact that it's finally given her an episode yeah. for character. It's a lot slower pace and it's really good for that characterization. And there's some like there's some really good scenes. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't say like it's a great episode, but I wouldn't say no, I'd like it. I, I I don't think we said it before as well. This is this is Greeks bearing gifts by Toby Whithouse. Oh yeah. I I think, personally, mm. I think it's the most forgettable episode of series one. It is. It's very forgettable. 
Like, you know, Tosh gets his alien pendant, which can read thoughts, but then it's not reading thoughts properly or something. Mm. It's like, it's like reading like, like subconscious thoughts or things they're not really thinking about actively because there's a bit where she's like upset by um, what, what she hears like people saying about her in her mind. And I'm trying to remember the, uh, the um, character's name, but the alien that, you know, Tosh has his relationship with uh, Mary, isn't it? I think. Uh, Oh, she she goes by like a, a name. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, like, she's like, no, they don't even know they're thinking it. Like, they don't even realize. But then it co- goes into a later that she can kind of hear him, and she can't hear Jack's thoughts. But I don't think they ever go into why she can't hear Jack's. No, thoughts. I don't think they do. Um, and it's like there's parts of the episode that I like. Again, I really love. I think we've already stated it. All the acting in this series phenomenal. Like Tosh's acting really sells this loneliness of this character and I really really like it when she uses the device in the middle of a crowd and she picks mm. up on that one guy who's just like you know I'm just gonna yes. kill my family that's that's the best I'd say that's the standout scene of the episode you know, that's the that. scene that woke me up I will yeah. admit because this was a scene this was an episode where I found myself constantly on my phone and I think <laughs> that's kind of an indication. I don't even think it's a bad episode, but when it's forgettable, that's almost worse. Like, you, you don't want to be boring because then you just don't get remembered. At least if you're bad, you can be learned from and the like. It's, oh, this is going to be a difficult one for me to wait, actually. Yeah, I think actually as well, thinking about it is... That scene when she finally, like, Jack talks to her and then basically kills Mary is basically what happens. He doesn't really mm. give her a chance to, uh, you know, come back. The, the start of the episode is weird as well because Mary is obviously, like, she's a sex worker mm. back in, like, the 1800s, um, taking a, like, young a soldier out into like the woods or something she jokes about his virginity and he slaps her a chase happens and he just tries to kill her i'm just like what's going on this is so weird you know this is so strange well that escalated quickly yeah exactly like it's like well that kicked up a notch yeah You're like yeah you know <laughs> brick kill the guy <laughs> <laughs> just basically that's that's how it starts and it's like I completely forgot how quick that was as well it's 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 interesting because I do think there's several like when you can examine an episode and you can look at the bits at work and you're like oh okay okay you've definitely got like the structure for this right but you've got the support beams made out of like something sturdy but then you've made the rest of it out of paper mache, you know, something doesn't yeah, quite yeah. work. Yeah. And it's it's interesting as well, as well, with this. Again, I'm gonna talk about broken again, the uh, from from the tortured monthly range. No, no, no. That again, this Yanto's reaction to this episode comes back into it as well, because he he resents Jack because he's like, he just killed Tosh's girlfriend with no 
Like he didn't even give her a second chance. He didn't do it. He mm. just killed her, you know. So it's it's interesting with that as well. So, but again, it's it's a it's a forget. It's very forgettable as an episode, you know. And I hate that because it's like finally Tosh has given some time, and she's given that great scene where she is, mm. like you said, you mentioned, you know, listening to all the people around her and hones in on that one guy going to his family to, you know. But no, nah, I just. It's tough to rate. I I think I, I'm I think I'm gonna give it. I think as an episode, I prefer it over the fairy one. Over small world. Okay, okay. But I'd say that it's more memorable than small world is. So I guess I would give this a four personally. See, I feel opposite because I feel like the fairy episode. I felt those were a lot more interesting. And I can at least remember that. I can remember mm. so many different scenes. In this one, other than her stopping the murderer, a lot of this, I remember some great acting. I remember some great themes. It's just, I also remember myself being very bored with this mm. episode. Um, and like, I think I'm going to give it like the same score as sex gas a three out of ten where it's not absolutely terrible but i just the very different episodes and the very different for why there's things that i like and things that i really don't that makes them so low mm-hmm. okay fair enough oh. fair enough so what 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 did you sorry did you say a number you're you're giving I, to it I, I i gave it a three out of ten yeah three three lovely okay that yeah. brings us to they keep killing Susie mm. uh, by Paul uh, Tomlin and Dan McCulloch, uh, uh, I believe is what it is. There, I fucking love this episode. I fucking it's love great. this episode. I fucking love this episode. Ah, uh, d- this this helps fix episode one for me, where I was like, oh damn it, they killed off Susie too soon. They could have really played with that. Like, and then realizing, no, 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 no. This is this was a plan all along. You know, yeah. she was doing the long game, the long con, and it's like, oh, shit. And, oh, it's just, there's so many great things about this. I think, like, yeah, like, even straight up looking, thinking about, like, the pre-credit, uh, like, the coal open. They come in, and it's been the murder, and they're like, well, why have you called us here? And like, because of that. And the torchwood written mm. in blood on the wall, like, it's fucking red rum. You know, I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. There's so always cool. something, something about a series in which secret organization gets out by someone. That's always a great way to oust up the tension. It's, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And again, phenomenal acting. And there's, there's so many just great talking moments as well. It's not like a heavenly action episode. And yet, yeah just sometimes the best moments are just two people just sitting in a room just talking and you just or let in, or, it play out or or in a car even or as in well. a car even, yes yeah. mm-hmm. oh, it's so it's such such a fantastically acted episode and i really do think like the highlights of those scenes between gwen and and susie genuinely you know mm. because and it's so funny as well because like 
like you know Sue's like you know you're basically you know you replace you've replaced me you're the better me you know like you know even having a fling with Owen and it's like it's so because yeah. it bleeds so much into it then because like you know Susie's feeling this inferiority inferiority but then she's also had this plan and it's like it's just ah oh, so clever you know and it, it's bringing back the resurrection gauntlet which I just think it's a fantastic plot device. I think that's just such a cool thing where it can give you like a few clues in someone's death, but not everything. And mm. the fact that they bring it back for this. Yeah. Oh, I'm, and I'm, they, I'm a sucker. And they, they, they play into like, you know, uh, like, you know, the whole idea that Yanto is the one that names these, uh, um, like, mm. um, these, 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 this tech, you know, I think it's like the, the, the resum, the, the, the resurrect, the mitten, or I can't remember, you know, something like that. Oh, obviously, oh, it's like, some good line, yeah. Shit, I should, but yeah, and then there. obviously, they work out that if they destroy the gauntlet, then Susie's gonna die and Gwen will come back because Susie's siphoning off the energy from Gwen. And, and it's, it's all we, just... we, we see Susie die again, but again, oh, it's like. God, you kind of wish she was in every episode of the series mm. because she's so good as an actress. Injury is just amazing. Oh, you know? she's brilliant. And like slightly going back to the gauntlet, I love as well. I think it, it is the end of this episode, right? Where they go, well, they come in pairs. And it's just this idea. Of, it's like, yeah, ooh. it's like, oh, okay. Because then mm. you're like, they come in pairs. Yeah, you're right. But does that then mean that that they all have the same ability? So will it have different abilities? Yeah. Or, or is there a second one? Will we see that come into play? And oh, and as well, oh, and it, as I love as well at the very end when they're putting Susie into the cold storage, Yanto asks Jack, he's like, you know, what he should put on the death certificate. And Jack just says, death by torchwood. Oh yeah. And it's such a cool line, but then it has so many connotations on from that because then you're like, is torture this inherently bad thing that you know people shouldn't have a long life expectancy? Is there going to be a high turnover of characters mm. and like things? It's leads into. I think it's really strong, really great episode. Yeah, I. I... Mm, what would you? What would you go? What we? What are you leaning towards? Yeah. I don't know if I'm being too generous with the show because I legit just loved it that much. And I yeah. just really, I think and like, you can only, I think you can only judge it based on that. You know, I think you can only judge it based on your enjoyment because I found I loved it when I went back to it all, you know? It's like, because the thing is, I, I wished I actually you'd rated these on the day, but then that's showing how good not only an episode it is, but how good a series is when it stays in your memory. Especially when it stays in my memory. We know how yeah. shit my memory is. And yeah, bro. Like, I I don't know whether to give this a, a nine or a ten, because I know I've been given tens across the board. And it's just I'm like, going, I'm going nine personally. So if that helps you at all. I'm going nine. It's just there's mmm. Nope. There's mmm. There's mmm. Mm. There's mmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you are right. I'm because I look back at the reasons why I loved those other episodes, and I absolutely love this one as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with a nine. Nine is still really nine. damn good. That is nothing against the episode. Good, yeah. We both love this episode. Yeah. Like, 
that brings us on to episode nine. Uh, mm. Random Shoes by uh, Jaquetta May, or as I like to call it, Love of Monsters 2, Electric Boogaloo. Or as I like to call it, what I bought on eBay. Tell me why. <laughs> oh, this is such a Love of Monsters episode. Like, it's not it's not nearly as bad as Love of Monsters, and it's not even a bad episode. It's very lighthearted. This feels like this is a Doctor Who episode, which has somehow wormed its way into Torchwood. I don't think any of the themes are anything that particularly deservant of Torchwood, but I think it's yeah. definitely a good mid-season palette cleanser. Um, I don't think you could necessarily have this episode right after Countryside, but... No, um, you need the time no. to build it. It's more comedic, it's more... Um, it's like the rest of the team are barely in it. It's very much uh, Eugene... It's a it's your Doctor Light episode, but mm. with a bit more Gwen in it, you know, and it's well, I I'm instantly I instantly love it because it it name drops and features Aberystwyth, uh, because there's a point where they're going to go to uh, something up in Aberystwyth and Gwen goes up there as well, and that's instantly good for me because I went to university in Aberystwyth, so hey. I'm like, yay, that's a reference, you know. All I all I need now is uh them to go to Exeter in a Doctor Who and I will be over the moon. Oh my so. god. I, I need that as well as I currently live in Exeter. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um I think it's a lovable episode. I really do. I think I think the worst part is the slightly cringy narration they have from Eugene through it. Yeah, that does get a bit a little bit grating. Like I'm I'm always a sucker for investigation and i do love that story trope of oh i've died now let's go and see how i died type thing i think i think yeah let's let's, let's investigate my own murder yeah and i do mm. i think it's i think it's a really good story and the twist as well with it is very good as well i think it's it's, it's very good to gren as well because you know we've been seeing a lot of gren in a negative light with her having the affair and everything so to actually have her have an episode when she actually cares about this person that she never knew like she's taken the time to go to these people and there's just this real sense of kindness from her especially by the end mm-hmm. like that really shows like a real positive aspect of yeah, the character. Like, it, these characters it is, are yeah. Black and white. absolutely and yeah like you say at the end there when he somehow for a split second is able to become tangible and he saves Gwen and then floats off into the sky like it's mm. in the briefs. But then again, it's such a downer episode. It's like, you know, life is, you know, you know, all of this and that. And the end, it's just, and mm. it's like, whoa, are they literally saying that in the Doctor Who universe, when you die, it's, there's nothing after death? Like, you know, unless, I mean, unless, 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 of course, you're brought back as a Cyberman in a series eight. Hey. Uh, <laughs> hey. I, I was waiting for you to drop that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, I like it. Here's one for you, Robin. Okay, okay, here's okay. one for you. Okay, obviously, as the sec- the world's second biggest um, love of monsters apologist, I very much like this episode, but with what you know, the first obvious being Rassel on production, Rory Guest himself. <laughs> we all know, we all know how much he stands that episode, and it's not even a joke. Um, 
if I said to you, Robin, gun to your head, you have to watch Love and Monsters or Random or Random Shoes, which would you choose? Random Shoes. Wow. Wow. I, again, I have not gotten to Love and Monsters yet in season two. Um, we've just finished the two-part Cyberman one. So we've got... Oh, we've got, you got like, a few. You got a few. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we've got like the coronation one, which is a mid episode. Then we get to the Mars episodes, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, um, but yeah, Love and Monsters. I'm very curious to see if I enjoy it a lot more when, now that okay. I can maybe see it as a bit more silly. Fair enough. Um, well, what would you give this episode then? What would you rate I, I would give it a 6 out of 10. I think it's a lot better than some of the mid-episodes, but it's still not one of my favourites. I would agree. I would agree. I would absolutely agree, but I would also say that Love and Monsters are better. But uh, this is good because it mentions Avrish University, and it, <laughs> um, it also, I recognise so much of it as places in Cardiff, uh, particularly the museum. So... Yeah, I like I like it for mm. that, if nothing else. And I do really like Eugene as a character and the mystery of his story as well. But if you're going to say to me, which one are you going to watch? I'm, I'll choose Love and Monsters every time. Okay, okay. So, you know, we both agree that there's, you know, despite some of the down moments, this seems to be a bit more of an upbeat episode, a bit, bit more lighthearted in some places. Um, how, about some, how about some moments of absolute like sadness and grief and just oh my god oh, these episode characters. 10 out of time written by oh. Catherine Tragana. you know how i, I said you know, you know what i said about um you know they keep killing Su- susie i fucking love this episode yeah. I fucking mm. love i fucking love i fucking love i fucking love i fucking i yeah. fucking adore this episode it's oh and because I admit the previous episode, it was fine. You know, I was like, oh, I really hope the next one's a bit better because there have been some cracking ones. And it's such a great concept. Fish out story, a uh, fish out of water story with three people taking out their time and realizing as well that they've lost their past lives or the, the hobbies, their loves. It's and it's just seeing how they all react, and it's like the one who you think has like the most like head on his shoulders, like he seems like the one who can cope with it most. Oh, just mm, I again, I'm jumping, I'm jumping the gun there. I don't know. If, shall we? Shall we go into the episode yeah. synopsis? Massive, a bit massive, massive gut punch. Yeah, it is mm. funny, is because you the one which you think, the one that you think is going to. Uh, like you know adjust to it the least um that being um emma emma louise isn't it Mm -hmm. is the character name is the she's a young girl you think she's or she's a you know young woman sorry um you think she's going to adjust to it the least but she ends up getting a job in london and climatizing to the to it really well whereas diane has to go back and try to go into the rift again you know, despite everything she goes for Rowan, um, John Ellis ultimately. Oh, and I've got that scene. The Alzheimer's scene, like fuck that, <laughs> but also the scene where he sat in the car. 
Yes. And, you know, he says to Jack, you know, it's like, you know, oh yeah, you know, we can, we'll go back now and, you know, I'll say thank you in the morning and I'll, we'll have our breakfast and the minute you turn your back, I'll be. Yeah. Doing it. It's like, and then Jack's like, okay, then I'll, I'll sit with you then. And Jack sits there in the car because obviously he's not going to die because he can no. come back for it or what have you. And he sits with this man as he dies. And it's like... It's it's so... I mean, it's it's struggling just thinking about it, put words into it because there's so many layers to that. It's the fact that Captain Jack, he's from that time period. He knows exactly what he well, is missing he, but the thing is he's not even from that time period but he's lived in it he yes. knows it it's one of oh, his yeah. favorite times that he was was alive and you're right but he's also he's out of his time mm. very much so you know yeah in an opposite sense because obviously he's in the 25th century or something initially but he's out of his time and it's oh, it's just a it's a beautiful episode. After we've had things like Countryside and Sex Gas, and mm. it's like, no, this is just straight up human drama. This it's... is straight up the consequences of this rift hit thing, which can take people and things out of time and plunge them into the 21st century. You know, it's, it's... a roller coaster of emotions. Because at the very start, when they when they go into, is it like a Sainsbury's or something? And no, it's Nasda. Yeah, it's Nasda. Yes, yes, and, 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 and it's the pilot's line of going bananas, which I don't know why it's the way she says it, but it cracks me up every single time. That excitement for yeah. something that we find so yeah. trivial. And little scenes like that where um is it Emma where she's um discussing sex and it's just like you know yeah just... oh my god the bit i laughed so much the bit when she's she's staying with gwen and reese yes. comes back after like a night out <laughs> or it's like early morning he doesn't know she's there and he's absolutely, absolutely naked <laughs> it's, oh it's just so so funny mm. you know and, and just there's wonderful bits as well which in any other kind of episode could give it tone of whiplash whereas this it really helps to show those sides of humanity those sides of how you can accept this time that you're in and have these mm. positive moments as well as these really Absolutely, yeah. moments. and i love as well how we see at this point like obviously by this point gwen and owen have broken off their relationship mm. you know i don't i can't remember which episode it is that when oh that's one of the things when it's fucking scary as well at times in this series mm. because there's the bit where she she confesses to reese that she's had this with Owen, but then he but then she sneaks him retcon and he's like you oh, bitch you know so that she's told him but then she's like oh but by the way i'm gonna make you forget that i've told you no but i got it on my chest and it's like, uh, oh, wow. I yeah. yeah. I hated her in that moment. And, you know, these characters are meant to be black and white, but... Mm. No, oh. no, no, no. Multifaceted Just... shades of grey, aren't they? Yeah, mm. but yeah. And I, I love as well that we've had that... Obviously, we know that she's had that relationship with Owen. And I love that here, Owen probably initially sees Diane as, oh, you know friends with benefits sort oh of yeah 
100%. But then ends up falling completely head over heels in love with her. And I love the music they play as well when it's so, it just, it really takes you into this tragic love story, you know, of these star-crossed lovers who then, but then she has to do this for herself. She can't choose him over this last adventure, you know? Mm. Like, oh, you know, and that's cool as well. Like seeing her adapt to things like, you know, you know, it's like, oh, she has to get a pilot's license and stuff. And like, and she can be in the air again in six weeks or something. It's like, what? It's, you know, it's crazy, you know? It's, it's, it's too long for me. You know, I'm this, I'm a pilot. I know what I'm doing. Why yeah. are you stopping me from doing the one thing I love most in the world? And exactly. it's a great... I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, come on, come on. I'm not, I'm, I'm not Amelia Earhart. That's me. That's my, that's my character. I'm, I'm not Amelia Earhart, but I'm, I'm Amelia Earhart. Basically. I just, and like you said, you know, you spoke about the scene with where John meets his son and he's an, oh, oh, it's, and it's heartbreaking because not only has he missed, this boy's, you know, this this man's entire life, entire life, but he can't even be like, I'm your dad. I'm have this moment with him because he's suffering with Alzheimer's and it's, yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just a beautiful episode. And obviously I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. I am. Oh, because... same, same right here. It is a phenomenal episode. There's, it's got its highest highs, its lowest lows in terms of just, oh, yeah, just, just mm. gut. It's just gut punches in this one, you know. And again, I love how it's, it's, it's small stakes, but then because of those small stakes, it feels so. It feels like mm. for some reason, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, it's like yeah, the world can be in danger the world can be the universe can be in danger but if you give me genuine character moments and genuine character drama where it's just these people are out of time are they going to survive can they live with themselves in this strange alien 50 years later um time period like that is so much more interesting to me than just being like doctor i will destroy the universe it's yeah. Sometimes you just need to have a much smaller stakes one, well, a lot more personal with these people. And yeah. Oh, right. We're on episode 11. We're getting through these quite quick. We're, yeah, episode 11. We're, it's a. It's a... Oh, okay. So it's combat written by. Noel Clark. Moving on. Oh, is um does he have a bit of a reputation? I'm guessing. Right, right, we, 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 we're just moving on, Robin. We're just moving okay, on. Okay. okay. No yep. Clark. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not doing. We're not nope. doing. Nope. Okay. Nope. Same same as we've gone this entire episode without mentioning John Barrowman. We're not talking da- damn it, I just said it. Damn it. Yep, <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> ah. So so we've got the retired of the Badits. Um yeah. and they have to enter fight club. Um, it is. It's it is straight up. It's Fight Club. Only there's yeah. no twist of Brad Pitt. You know, it's uh, it's but it's great that we have an episode with 
going more into Owen. Owen is very much suicidal in this oh post. Like it's, all of mm. Owen is phenomenal in this. Just this is appropriately titled with this topic, which is it's just anger and rage just building and building and building like he's lost this love of his life and like he wants to sort of get his rage out in other ways and of course Gren is now trying to avoid him and everything and yeah this sorry this is the episode this is the episode mm. where, where where Gwen uh retcons Reese yes and it's so she and she's like, oh, come on now, forgive me. As he's passing out, like, forgive me, forgive me. He's like, you bitch, you bitch. I'm like, forgive me. And he passes out, forgetting it before he gets set, before he gets the chance to forgive her. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I deserve that, don't you, Gwen? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that moment is so much worse than the than the adultery and the and the affair. Oh, that is so no. much worse, you know? When she, it's, when it's she, just, when she, yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. I, it's just like, I don't have to face the consequences of this if I just drug you into forgetting. It's, it's like, I don't, hmm. oh, look at, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yes. I think, um, I'll be, I'm going to be honest. I okay. like the episode. It's um, it's actually become a lot more forgettable uh, since thinking about it, though. I don't I've... think it's quite as strong as some of the other episodes, personally. You know. So both Eve, Eve Miles, is it pronounced? Um, yeah, Eve Miles is a uh, Gwen. Yes. Yeah, and Bern Gorman, both give a <sighs> um, wonderful emotional performances and. I go. I know. At this point, we have said amazing performances in every episode. Because guess what? Amazing performances in every episode. This is these actors go all out. But in this episode as well, like phenomenal, like emotional stakes. Because this is like the tail end of this sort of relationship that they've had, and it the fallout from it, and what it puts them through. And I remember. When join this episode when I watched it I think I've definitely forgotten this episode a lot more since mm. I've watched it um, I think it's interesting to that Owen is a character because Owen is straight up depressed Owen is straight up suicidal in this mm. episode in what he's done and it's it's so interesting to see this broken bag of bones that they call a character in Owen just trying to get through through all this. Like, oh my goodness. I, I was just checking now. <laughs> this episode first aired on the 24th of December, 2006. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Robin. This is on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Are you shitting me? I'm not. This aired on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Tra la 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 la. Like, that's an Easter season. Right to beat up weevils. La 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 la. Like, I, I feel like that's on par of the EastEnders Christmas special where they have to have the fallout <laughs> from a long lasting affair or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
I tell you what, though, isn't it interesting? The, the one interesting bit I will have is when, like, Owen is, like, surrounded by the weevils or something. And doesn't he go, like, like, he, like, snarls, and they're scared of him. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting, you know? Like, there are good ideas. And I think I remember being really engaged at the start, thinking, oh, shit, are we introducing yeah. a new faction, this kind of rival group to Torchwood? And then it's like, no, no, it's just guys who just want to, like, yeah. fight aliens. Guys just want to have fun. fun. Oh, guys just want to have fun. I think we can burn through this episode pretty quickly. I, yeah. I, what, what would you give it? Uh, I'm gonna go five. I think. I yeah. think maybe I'm just being a bit harsh, but I'm going five. I I'm not gonna go as low as five, but I am only gonna give it a six. You know, I I, I kind of see it as kind of the same kind of level as episode mm. nine. Like there's there's positive moments, but it's not one that I'd necessarily go back. To. Did you, you know, the sort of the estate agents that that Owen goes to undercover, the one who's organising all these fights and what have you, the way wheels yeah. and what have you. Did you recognise him, by the way? No. Well, if it isn't the invisible, see you next Tuesday. Oh shit! Yeah, it's trans- translucent from the boys. Yeah. Oh fuck. Oh yeah. damn! That this is why this is why we need we need this little moment so that others listening, if they don't realise that little thing, <laughs> it's, there we yeah. are. You know, some 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 little things there for you. Oh, so. I'm going to say the actual. I'm just going to say the actual quote, and I'm going to bleep it. Well, it is if it isn't the invisible cunt. Yeah. No, yeah. you definitely got to remember to beat that one out. Um, yeah. yeah, I left one in one time, but. <laughs> Uh, moving on, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Moving on to mm. next episode. That being, and I can get my uh... an episode I got so excited by the end of it. Um, Robin, but again, jump, jump, jumping ahead. Episode twelve, Captain Jack Harkness, written again by Catherine Tregena. Did you notice a little Easter egg as they were walking into the uh, into the into the um, into the hall or the you know the social club uh, in the in the in the present, Robin? Oh. As Tosh and Jack are going in there, did you happen to see a certain poster on the wall at all? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Hang on hang on. I'm just seeing if I got it in my notes. No shoot. What 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 was it? Let me um, let me give you a let me give you a clue. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's... Well, there's basically there's a poster there which says "Vote Saxon." Mm. Yes. Which obviously, as we know, that's 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 setting up for series three of Doctor Who because we then in series three have you know the character of Howard Saxon, which turns out to be the Master. I I saw that and I was meant to write a note on it, and it's like when you're doing that clapping. I completely forgot about that clap until you started doing it. And it's kind of like, 
just that little inkling in the back of your yeah. head. Scratching it's funny, it. it's like, isn't it? I think that as Doctor Who fans, that's funny enough. We've actually been hypnotized by the master in a way because that is always in our heads now. The drums, Robin, the constant drums, the. Um, mate, I'm a sucker for old time period episodes like the costumes, the music, just the set, and just this idea of these characters stuck in the past, no way back. And so they're doing these intelligent things like trying to leave messages, trying to leave these breadcrumbs, like just pick up on these, like help us yeah. get back you know and it's it's, it's it's a strong episode isn't it? Mm-hmm. it really is and what i really love about it as well it's we straight up we have a here we go okay cis white straight guy talking to people here now yeah. my opinion on such things doesn't matter honestly you know but we talk about this in pride month they have a same-sex relationship kiss between jack and the real Jack Harkness, mm. and they don't apologize for it. They don't. No. From the time period, it's just they have it. It's, an, it's a beautiful moment. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's the fact that they do it, and all these onlookers are just looking at them kind of in bizarrement and the like. And this is very much reflective of the time, but it's done so wonderfully. And it's a, it's a really empowering moment. It is such an empowerment moment. And again, you know, same as you, straight cis white guy here talking. And actually, it is just such a beautiful scene to watch. It was one of my highlights of the episode. Mm. It was such an empowering thing. And I think I think that scene stands out in the series as one of the very strong, strongest scenes mm, as well. I love that. And I do love that as well. Like you say, I love the the kind of I always love a story where you have two time periods and it's like one time period is affecting the other one. Mm. I always love that kind of story, you know, that mechanic when they do. We're introduced obviously to uh, Billis uh, Mandra in this as well, who was played by the very the late and great uh, Murray Melvin. Uh, the the caretaker uh, is he known? Yes, as? yeah, the caretaker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's I he's so interesting. Yeah. He's so so interesting. In this and good news, Robin. They got him a, for a bunch of big finish stuff. So if you want more Billish, you can just head over there. Oh, awesome stuff! Hopefully, yeah. they can explain in those what his deal is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the guy. It's it's interesting because he is such a creepy guy, mm. and it's like he has a real presence in this episode, and you're really thinking like. What, what what is he doing exactly? What um mm, yeah, there's just and I really, really enjoyed this episode because it I I got to this episode and I realized, oh shit, there's one episode left, and I did not have a clue how they were gonna end things right after this episode. Obviously, we'd kind of established stuff with the caretaker, but we also kind of threw in some extra stuff, which in Orsey, I think could have been brought up and tortured much sooner like the breadcrumbs mm. that we had for uh, Bad Wolf and the like and I don't know if this was 
um a case of them not knowing if they'd have a second season if they yeah kind of rush things a bit it's just i feel like there there are some breadcrumbs in some bits like like death is a big theme through torchwoods you mm. know whether you look at the resurrection gauntlet or just in what they deal with but no i would agree that the actual concept and idea behind what becomes the big bad at the end of the series should have probably been Mm. set you know and seeded through a bit better um i think the scenes of yanto and owen in the in the hub and um, like are really strong as well i think they're really strongly like really strong acted uh pieces and you know and <laughs> yanto shoots owen to stop oh my god yeah i wrote you this know? down I, my exact words was Hot damn, Yanto shot Owen. <laughs> just exclamation mark. Just, yeah. God, just pack it heat. Just, you know, I, I could try and stop him any other way. It's like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to shoot this guy, you know. Yeah. It, it's just Owen, so I think people will be okay with it. It's it's so funny as well, because Owen's like performing self-aid on himself, you know, and, you know, and Yanta was like, I was never, I, you know, I, I was never going to kill you. You know, he meant to, he meant to hit his shoulder. <laughs> He's like, he goes, Owen's like, you know, I think Owen was like talking to him, but like, thank goodness, you're such a bad shot. And Yanta's like, no, I meant to shoot you in the shoulder. <laughs> it's really, it's a funny one. And I, I, it was making me remember as well. Is it this episode where they hint that Yanto and Jack have been like a thing oh no 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 this is is a lot earlier they do that and they bring up oh there's a line that yanto says which is like um oh you know you got to be more appropriate at work or something and i just went like oh yeah (laughs) this is interesting because obviously no i'm not going to spoil anything for you but um do you think that as a ship they really exist, like Yanto and Jack? Do you think that ship really exists in series one, as you and uh, you understand it? Or from season one, it was barely a thing. Mm. Like it was brought up a little bit, but I I don't ship them. You'll see. Yeah, you'll see. Again, you'll see more stuff. I suppose it's interesting as well because actually, thinking about it, you can't you know Yanto and Gwen from series four of Doctor Who anyway because they appear in the finale don't they in mm, uh, the stolen yeah. earth and Zen. so interesting you know it's, it'll be interesting to see what you think series two when we get to that and series three as well which is some of the best television but anyway okay speaking mm. about this now this episode it's strong i don't think there's it's quite as good as countryside or um no. out of time i would give it personally i'd give this a strong eight i think i would agree with you 100% there. Like, it's not to say that it's a bad episode or anything, far from it. It's like a solid eight. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's already good. That brings <sighs> us on to episode 13, End of Days, written by Chris Chibnall. And frankly, this could have been the end of Torchwood because this is not a strong finale. This was such a letdown. Like, I've been overwhelmingly positive of this whole series. I've been given tens across the board. Um, I've been quite generous with some of this one, especially when you've been a bit more harsh in some episodes. Mm-hmm. And I can distinctly remember 
me texting you after watching this for the first time being like fucking Abaddon so what what did I even just watch and it just it comes out of the blue and it's like if they just did these breadcrumbs or something it's like even the idea of the episode could work but it just feels like a very messy episode like this feels like this meant to have been a two-parter that kind of just got squashed into one and yeah we we were faced with abaddon also known as the great devourer Mm -hmm. a demon and here's here's a funny one for you son of the beast from the impossible planet and yes which i just recognize that connection so there's a weird connection though isn't it let's Mm. face it you know it's this was such a downer like i love the rest of the series but this episode just it just left a real bad taste in my mouth because it was I think they're a strong bit. I think when you're facing the, the people that are, again, displaced in time, like the Roman soldier and mm-hmm. the, the woman that brings plague, you know, yeah, I do find it kind of weird that none of the other doctors were able to recognise that it was bubonic plague that the woman had, but, you know, mm-hmm. they had to bring Owen in when actually, you know, it's, you know, bubonic plague, I believe is quite completely treatable now in this day and age, but, you know, hey-ho, anyway... <laughs> And of course, you have Jack throwing Owen out of Torchwood, and then because they're like, we don't know who you are, all this stuff, you know. You have Gwen taking Reese over to Torchwood to keep him safe, mm. locking him in a cell with fucking weevils around. But never mind the weevils, because Billa shows up and he fucking just stabs Reese to death. And oh, do you want to? Do you know what my partner asked about the weevils? She asked, um, are they called weevils? Because the weevil <laughs> is like no, oh. <laughs> no it's because they're weird. It's because they're weirdly weevil. Yeah. Weirdly, weirdly, weevil. I really deadpad her for that one. But at the yeah. start, I was like, God damn, why did I think of that myself? Ah, um, <laughs> 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 oh, but they're they're they weevil knievel. Mm. it's like there's some good moments with like we get to see Tosh's dead mom and Lisa and we see like Gwen absolutely distraught from her boyfriend's death and like you have Abaddon that can kill humans with his shadow apparently but somehow yeah. none of the torture so somehow none of the torture team get caught in his shadow just even though it's a massive fucking cgi monster over cardiff which is just so weird because again it's cardiff it's not like this giant monster can hide in between the fucking buildings no it's it, and like it just made me think you know what, are they going to get the Megazord out or something? Like, <laughs> This isn't Angel Grove. They're not going to blow up Cardiff. <laughs> and then everyone's going, to go, no, it's okay. We all survived that. It's like... <laughs> just just Owen down and going, we need, we need Megazord power. <laughs> uh, now I've just got this idea of the caretaker just shouted out, like, magic wand, make my monster grow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. 
Like, oh. that's, that's, that's what it is, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 res- the resolution is Jack on his knees, stretching his arms out, shooting like a laser beam at Abaddon, this massive CGI stupid fucking monster thing. And I'm just and- like, again, I'm surprised torture carried on after this. Genuinely. It's, it was just not a good finale. Like, maybe it could have worked as a two-parter. Maybe. Because I like this idea of out-of-time things. And I thought, okay, that's, that's an interesting idea in itself. But Abaddon? Abaddon was just such whiplash. And it tonally felt more like it belonged in Doctor Who because of mm-hmm. how... Like of a jump. It's a it straight up elder god. It's a straight up eldritch elder god. It's like it's literally like them being like little aliens, terrible killer, like cannibal threats through the series, and then suddenly mm. Cthulhu shows up at the end. Like what? It's just it's tonally it's just wrong. It's weird. I think there are strong bits in the episode. I think the I think the very end of the episode, the last scene, mm. is probably, oh my God, it's so strong. When Jack and Gwen have that chat and then he steps out and he's got, and obviously all through the series, yeah. we're like, he's got the doctor's fucking hand. Like yeah. that's, like we know that hand, you know, that was, that was the doctor's hand right there. And then suddenly it starts bubbling. And then I can't tell you when I first watched, when I watched it for the first time, how hyped that It was like, it's, let's face it, it's, it's an MCU moment, isn't it? Before we had the oh, MCU. Oh, it is. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's a Nick Fury showing up at the end of uh, Iron Man, you know? Mm. It's so when, when the heads started bubbling and we heard the, the moans of the TARDIS, I was like, and of course, the papers start going, which is kind of strange actually, because obviously the TARDIS lands above them. So why is the wind they, going in they, there? They but, did that know. a lot, though, in season one. Like if you go back and watch season one, you notice that happening all the time. Fair enough. It's, Fair enough. it's just you know, you, you, it's not quite as inconspicuous as you would expect a time machine that can just appear out of anywhere to be. But never mind, it's fine. It's all right. It's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, I mean, this just goes to show that that Chris Chibnall can struggle with finales at times. It's, you know, it's interesting uh, because he's written one of the best episodes in this, though. With yeah. um, and then this is it is it's, it's, all I will say, Robin. Again, is I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get your opinions on series two of this. Genuinely, mm-hmm. see, talking about it again now, like. I really need to go out there to like a CEX okay. or something and get season two on DVD. Okay, buddy. I mean, it's yeah. all on iPlayer. So, you know, uh, Torchwood is completely available on iPlayer, everyone, uh, if you want to watch it there. Um, okay, here's one for you now. Chipnell finales. Would you rather watch this end of oh, days shit. or watch, or would you rather watch the Battle of, of Rang, Rang's? I can't even remember what it's called. Rancor Ara, whatever it is. Would you rather watch this or the battle or the battle of ranch dressing? 
this for me. I would watch this a million times over that. Oh, you really give me a series choice right here. Really? Like, in terms of just like, I just, then both not good is what I mean. It's the. Yeah, but I feel like, oh. I feel like this is okay. This is passable as opposed to Battle of Rounds Dressing. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, I think I would watch this over Ranch Dressing. Yeah. I, 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 I think I would definitely okay. do that. I mean, what about the Timeless Children? What about the Vanquishers? No. No. no, no. Okay. Okay. Let's, enough. Enough Chibnall bashing. We love him. We love Chris. We love Chris Chibnall. People we've even rated really highly one of his episodes. Like, yeah. the guy can do really good stuff. It's just. He can. He can do really good stuff. Okay, um, let's just rip the band-aid off, Robin. Yeah. What are we giving this episode? What are we giving uh, on the days? I think we have to I think we have to be very harsh because it is the finale. Mm. It's supposed to wrap up a story because we don't know if there's going to be a series two. It should reflect the entire series. But again, it's like we've watched eleven ep- or sorry, twelve episodes of this show. Okay, eleven because Small World is weird. Eleven episodes of this show, and then suddenly they're given this finale, but like to a different show. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, I would give. I'm going to be harsh. I'm going four. I'm going four. It's, you know what? Because there are this some redeeming the, bits. The, this is very interesting because I originally gave it a four as well. I thought it was a lot better than some of the episodes that I've given freeze um, where there's some good moments but it's just the fact that this could have been the ending but you just discussing that right now and saying how this could have been the end of Torchwood before we knew it it almost maybe gave it like deduct two points from it and give it like oh. a two out of ten like, just, like and I'm just I'm thinking because no because I think Two out of ten would just be a real god awful, but then I really did not. This is where I'm really stuck. I'm legit like it's a, a, a seesaw between a four and a two. I maybe it sits in the middle of that. I may I I'm stuck with this well, one. This fair is fair enough. Maybe. If it's between a four and a two, that makes it a three, surely. Yeah. Well go with that that's fair, that's fair. yeah again because it, it, it feels like the finale of a different show entirely doesn't it yeah, yeah. okay well, i tell you what robin that's our ratings for series on the torch with i had so much fun re-watching it i'm glad you enjoyed it for the first time as well loved it absolutely loved it let's quickly take a little look over at some space time telegraphs and hear what some of our listeners thought of it Okay, uh, first one comes from friend of the show, uh, Restell at people stop putting numbers in your apps. You know, I can't read it. <laughs> it's Restell on Twitter at Re5D3LL. Reese says, because I asked the question, how would you rate series one of Torchwood? Favorite moments, any thoughts you want to share? Do so below. Reese says, uh, it's really good. 
but I find it really uncomfortable to watch in some places, especially episodes like Small Worlds. Mm. The excessive adult themes can really take me out of it. Series 2 finds a better footing with it, but Series 1 seems overly excessive in places. little spoiler for you for Series 2 there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay. Another friend of the show, uh, Mad Began, uh, at Mad Mania Box 4, says, decent stuff in there, made better by the big finish stories that fill in the gaps. Basically just broken which I've already referenced already as well. I completely agree with that. Thank you, yeah. Jax. Thank you, Jack, for that. Okay. Another friend of the show. Everyone's a friend of the show at this point now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is Cooper, Cooper Hiller, uh, or Hillier at, at Cooper Hillier. People on Doctor Who Twitter will know Cooper really well. You know, great, great artist, great memer. Uh, Cooper says, series one is so good that I would say it's stronger than some series of Doctor Who. Here are my episode scores for each episode. Okay. And he says, day one, a 10 out of 10 controversial. I know, because here we go. Okay, this is Cooper's ratings. And this is really interesting. Yeah, so Cooper, yeah. Straight up. Thank hey, you so much. For this. In, this yeah. Really lovely. I love this, you know. So he's, everything changes. He gave a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Day one, a 10 out of 10. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ghost Machine, 10 out of 10. Cyber Woman, 8 out of 10. Small World, 6 out of 10. Countryside, an 8 out of 10. Greeks okay. Bearing Gifts, 6 out of 10. They Keep Killing Susie, 10 out of 10. Random Shoes, 10 out of 10. Out of Time, 10 out of 10. Combat, 8 out of 10. Captain Jack Cartlett's 8 out of 10. And End of Days, 8 out of 10. Hey, I'm really glad that you really enjoyed the series. Um, I think it's really great to see the, the opposite mm. spectrum where people just I absolutely do. love the show. And I, I love that. I really do. I think it's so great. And it's, we're all, we're, you know, you and I are big about respecting other people's opinions, aren't we, Robin? And like you were saying there, it's it's really interesting and it's really quite exciting when people have a different opinion like that. And the thing is, while we have had some lower episode scores than this, I have been praising Tortured so much. And this is me watching this for the first time, mm. years after it first aired. So even with those moments, that didn't necessarily age well. I was able to look past them and just have a great time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say that. I would say there's not an episode that I hate at all. Like you mm. know, I couldn't say I hate any episode straight up. There are parts of it I find detracting from them, but I, yeah, not terrible. No. Okay, next up then, Tranquilo Wolf uh, says, "Very of its time," which I think that's very true to say. The series yeah. one of torture the particulars of its time it is a, it's that edgy 2000s uh, look isn't it um sam farrington carter at the dr timey says i'd rate the series eight out of ten favorite moment is the first bar scene from combat fair enough yeah it's a strong scene we didn't mention those bar scenes in combat oh shit we did i think it does but yeah i know very strong ones yeah absolutely and then lastly, from Chuck Suffle, from at Chuck underscore Suffle, in my opinion, Torture tackled some interesting sci-fi premises. Though the interpersonal drama could be a little, a little much, all in all, it was a great show for its time, a lot of fun to watch. Hmm. Completely agree with that as well. Yeah. yeah. No, and I think it really does, like, you know, saying about the tackling interesting sci-fi premises, well, yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Okay, um, and that is that's all our space time paragraphs. Now, those um, are fantastic. 
fantastic answers. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. And we will be trying to do this for every episode. So if you like this, whether you have questions for us or you have things you want to say on the topic we talk about in the episode, or you have questions for guests that we have on, please just follow along and you know reply on the tweet themselves. Robin, of course, I feel like that just brings us to a very natural end. I've uh, oh. I've That's loved uh, I've loved torching this wood with you today and uh, wooding this torch. Oh. You know, mm. this torch mm. can get wooded. Uh, <laughs> um, I absolutely love that. But I think before I let you go tonight, I'll give you a little bit of supper. It's getting quite late now. A little nightcap, if you will. Yeah, okay? a little midnight snack. Would you appreciate a cannon buster? Oh, I could go for a, a little wafer thin cannon buster. I'm having a new yes. I need. What do you need? I need to say. My cannon buster. Because I do, I do these just so that you can see. Oh, the cannon. Weird and silly and what have you. Um, this story I've given you today is a real bumper, real bumper special. Ready for this? Okay, stop it. It's a Doctor Who story which features Torchwood as well, and it features the Tenth Doctor. Right, HD Wells, HD Wells. Sorry. Nice, nice. Features the Fourth Doctor and the Sixth Doctor. And the Torchwood Institute. Yeah, this is your straight up Queen Victoria's Torchwood because this is set in London in 1886. Sorry, 1889, sorry. Yeah. So a time-stranded doctor needs the help of an old friend to fix the TARDIS, but it's beset by pursuers sent by Queen Victoria herself. And here's the thing, Robin. Yes, it's a Victorian Torchwood growing after the 10th Doctor, but... It's not just that. It's also a sequel to two classic Doctor Who stories, which is why they've got the fourth Doctor and sixth Doctor in there. This is both a sequel to not only Torchwood and Tooth and Claw and stuff from series two of Doctor Who, it's also a sequel to The Times of Wayne Chiang, a fourth Doctor story, and a sequel to Time Lash from the sixth Doctor. What? How do people come up with this? How do people go... You know what? I want to create a story for Big Finish. Okay, that sounds good. No, 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 you don't understand. I want to fit it here. And I want to fit it in between three stories. It's like, okay, sure. And that sounds awesome. Is it a good story? Yeah. That's it's what because, I like, H.G. Wells meets the Doctor in Time Lash, right? Mm-hmm. So the Tap Doctor coming here now is him you know he then speaks to someone about meeting the sith doctor and his young assistant Watbean perry and then talks about how they fought morlocks and the borad as well and sent him home afterwards so it's like yeah it's again and then they, they talk about the fourth doctor and times when chiang which is set in victorian london so again it's a temp doctor story with victorian torchwood and it's a sequel to two classic who stories That's... so i'm gonna sit you down I and make you watch that. talons which by the way um talons is a bit racist now well which we don't really talk about Ooh, we probably okay. should still and then time lash which is 
which is looks on with disdain, but I am in a I'm in the time lash the uh, time lash apologist club. So okay, yeah, okay, I, I will make get it those. those. Yeah. I I love it when big finish writers decide to just fit. Oh no no no! This this isn't a big finish. This isn't a big finish. This this was from an IDW comic. Back when oh. I when uh, back when IDW had the license for Doctor Who before Titan got it. Oh shit! And, no, I I completely yeah. misinterpreted that. I'm sorry. That, oh no, no, not at all. No, to yeah. be fair, I I usually bring big finished stuff sometimes. You know, so that's a that's a nice oh. little so, yeah. nice visuals as well. Oh, that sounds good. That does sound good. That was a that was a good filler meal before the end yeah. of this podcast. Thank yeah. you. I tell you what now, and let me let you end on something here. I have a theory regarding Doctor Who comics. Because mm-hmm. Titan, I'm pretty sure, are going to lose the license at some point. Well, Robin, mm-hmm. who has the streaming rights to Doctor Who across the world for the new series coming out? Who has the streaming rights to Doctor Who across the world? Are you going? Well, no, 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 no. Just, 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 just answer my question. Who has the streaming okay. rights? Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like. The- I can't who, tell you who has the streaming rights to Doctor Who across the world internationally following the 60th and Series 14? Who oh. who is what streaming service has it? Well, isn't Word of Disney gonna be taking yeah, it? Disney yeah. Plus, yeah. Disney Plus, yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. What else is a big money maker for Disney? <laughs> the the Marvel films. What did Disney own? Marvel Comics. Hear me out. What <laughs> I if, know where you're going with this. What if when we get shooty cats with comics, they're coming out from Marvel? Fuck yes. Oh, and then we can get reprints of those Marvel comics as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. Oh. And we can have, we can have, we can finally have that Doctor Strange crossover. Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> because let's face it, Doctor will be making enough money then. So yeah. Oh. Um, that's a little speculation for you. Mm. Um, oh, next episode, we will talk about more recent news which has come out, uh, which we'll cover when we get to it. But for now, it's time to say goodbye to these little tortured souls because oh. this is this is where this is where one of us should disappear, and then the other one be like, "This is where I should be gone, and you should be like, where's Jack? I don't know." He's been taken, and it's like in. And you know what? Before I let you go, isn't it funny to think that that episode then leads into Utopia in Series Three of Doctor Who, like literally leads straight into Utopia, because the next time we see Jack, he's running towards the TARDIS, going Doctor. Ah. See, now that I'm realising how these episodes connect as well, I'm looking forward to re-watching season three as well. But, mate, this has been an absolute blast. Just talking about these things, having these different opinions. And I, I love that we get those opinions as well. So please, please, guys, keep writing in. Tell us your thoughts on things. We'll let you know what our next subjects are. So you go ahead, you give us your thoughts, you let us know if you like things, you don't like things. Um, yeah, just, mate, this has been a blast. Thanks as always. Absolutely love yeah, this. Thank you as well, man. Well, this has been an awful lot of running. I have been Jack Alexander. He has been Robin Fole, published author. Ta-ra for now. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. <laughs>
Wait, I, I know, I know, I know how we both, I know how we have to end this, Robin. Okay, you ready? Okay, okay. Yeah. Here he comes in a really big tractor. Here he comes in a really, really big tractor. Here he comes in a really great tractor. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Okay, here we go. Hey, Karen. Got it. <laughs> She's back. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Very professional stuff. I thought I thought I thought you were going no 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 but you were going more beaker. It's like um no beaker, what what the hell am I saying? Just yep, this is the Muppets. Thank you for listening to an awful lot of running a Doc Two podcast. And thank you to Hudson Music for our wonderful intro and outro. You can find an awful lot of running, as well as myself, Jack, and Robin over on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. So please go and give us a follow. And if you can, give us a rate, a follow, review, subscribe, whatever you can do over wherever you listen to this, because it really does help us out. And if you fancy it, donate to our Kofi page to help us keep the lights on, which... There's no obligation whatsoever, but we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Draw for now.